You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Here is Otani and what will more than likely be his final at bat today in his Dodger debut. Swung out, hit high in the air to left and deep. This ball carrying. This ball is gone. It is Dodger debut. This is Dirt and Sprague. Two and five-tenths remaining in regulation. 74-74 tied. Nevada at Colorado State. Foster moves laterally. Comes to Lucas at three-quarters court. Lucas at half court. Lucas at the horn. He got it! Lucas puts it in for the win! With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. Cavs out of timeout. Struess into Mobley. Back to Max. Half-court shot. Good! Good! He hit it! Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland's Sports Leader, 1080, The Fan. Happy hump day to everybody out there. We've got Schultz in today. Swag is back yet again. Good morning. How are we feeling? What's up, sports fans? What's up, Sprague? Thank you for the call this morning. It's fun, man. Hump day. I didn't call you this morning. Uh, the call, I, I don't know. How do you put that like when you get the call up to the majors? Is it... Um, Were it, you in the minors? Uh, technically. Or, or like on the bench and the manager says, hey, hey, we need you. We need you, kid. Hey, uh, third's open right now. Need you to start. How's that glove feeling? Glove's ready to go. It's ready oiled up, coach. Them. Uh, no, thanks for hopping in today. I yeah. just want to have you know some fun and go through the rotation of 1080 people that want to host shows. And thought, you know, Schultz, he's not reaching out. He doesn't want to be on the show. Maybe I'll reach out to him and see if he wants to be. I just have ADHD, and I was on vacation and sick last week. So I apologize. I was going to reach out to you, but you beat me to the punch. And that, that's okay. Hey, somebody else initiated this whole like dance here. I didn't have to. Mm. So thank you. That makes me feel very confident this morning. What is the uh, swag? I don't say this like as an old joke to start the show off, but I'm legitimately... Is it Sadie Hawkins, the Sadie Hawkins dance? Yes, when uh, when the women, yeah. the girls would ask the boys. Yes, I think that's the situation here, Schultz. I think I'm the, the girl here, and it's Sadie Hawkins, and you're like, oh, I hope somebody, hope somebody asks me. And I'm the one who asked. Uh, dude, you are the first girl to ask me to a Sadie Hawkins dance oh, nice. in my life, so I appreciate it. Hey, you're always welcome here. Swag, <laughs> how was the Fan Winter Golf Classic? 
Uh, Tualatin. Tualatin was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah, filled it up. Uh, the group in the noon round went 16 under. Uh, yeah, I was listening to Danny and Dusty when that group got done. A 59? Uh, 56. 56? And I believe they drained like a 45-foot putt yeah, for they had Eagle three on 18. Eagles. No, it was a scramble. Yeah. They were playing from the white tees, not the not the PGA Championship tees. We, and they were allowed to play from the white tees. Yes, yeah, that okay. was the setup. We okay. didn't want to be there all day. Yeah. So, But we also saw a lot of balls uh, ending up in the Pacific Ocean, too. So. Well, you know, it's going to happen virtually. So, yeah. All right. Well, but, nice, uh, but nice no, little event. Everybody had a good time. Good. Uh, filled up. So plans for plans for year two being bigger and better. And mm. X Golf should have a third location open by then. Mm. So we might do one of the ideas being tossed around. So don't yell at me if this doesn't end up going on. But one of the ideas was we just set up camp at each different location each different day. So we do a three day run, but everybody's at one location each of the three days. A three day tourney run. What else are you doing when it's cold outside in February? No, let's yeah, go. March Madness you know, hasn't swim golf yet. clubs inside and drink beers. I don't. Why? Why are you yelling at me? I, was I don't just, know. You kind of surprised me. My mic is absurdly hot this morning, and I've like toned it way down. I don't know who was the last one in here. Buck. Okay. Yeah. Then Buck is the one that screwed the board up. So because I, I also can't hear you when you're telling me to break, which is kind of delightful for me. All right. Am I just gonna have to wave? I'm, yeah, just just do the uh, the I'll traditional I'll radio. Give you, I'll give you the wrap it up. Wrap it up. Let's go. I uh, I thought of you yesterday, Swigar and Schultz. I don't know if you've been following this or if it's even in your sports, you know, atmosphere. If it's in your bubble, but I saw a interview with our good friend Marty Smith, Marty Party. Yeah, Marty Party was having a sit a serious sit down with with Johnny Rom. Johnny Rom, that's and right. Rom basically admitted out loud that Tiger won't text him back. He Pretty won't much. talk to him anymore and that Rory I guess wished him well and has holds no animosity because you know, Rory was so anti-live, and then... Rory's mad at the... the. I think he's mad at the situation. He's mad at the situation. Yeah. He's mad at the higher-ups yes. that felt like they made him a scapegoat and, and put him out there. He's not mad at the golfers. Rom, Rom, he was at first, when they first started yeah. uh, going over there. I think everybody pissed. knows at some point this all has to get fleshed out in yeah. terms of finding a way to coexist. Yeah, I also saw highlights of the end of the live tournament last weekend, and there was nobody there, and I can't imagine anybody watched Yikes. it. Well, you have to you have to hunt it down. It yeah, is on is it CW. On? It oh. is on the CW, so it is available. But usually, it's early on Saturday, Sunday mornings. But I, I don't ever see much pub pub for it. I don't they're, because they're well, they're acting like this thing's ever going to. They don't off. have the money. No, so I don't know. I don't know if it's at people that would pub it don't want to take the money for feeling fear of being dirty. Or, I, I don't know. I mean, like, when I go to ESPN's golf page, it's yeah. hard to find, like, the live event that's happening this week. It, it's just something that, uh, I'm not checking. I, I didn't know when their season, I didn't even know their season had there started until I saw somebody spraying champagne on somebody else. And there was, like, four people next to the 18th hole. Genuinely, I think the season's signal, like, starting for me, what was the comment about John Rahm saying, Tiger's not getting back to me about this yeah. whole live thing. Well, imagine being, like, a great player like John Rahm. And, and fortunately for him, he... Kind of a hypocrite of I'll never do it. I don't need the money, and then oh, I can take the money and work less. What a life! And 
I don't. Well, it all changed when he won when he won the Masters, and so basically he can play the Masters until he can't walk anymore, no matter what he's doing. Sure. And they and one tournament got him to just go. Okay, I'm good now. I'll go over there. I think so. That's wild to me. It's the tournament, though, isn't it? No, I mean it is the tournament. And I again, I don't begrudge anybody for taking. And there is a way to play. I think they there's a way you can play on the DP World Tour and live. There's some fines and some stuff that goes along with it, but you're not banned from the DP World Tour. But that's got to be a brutal blow to a John Rahm when, like, Tiger, yeah. who's a good friend of yours, won't respond to you yeah. anymore. He's kind of... Well, I mean, that's how Tiger's operated. I mean, think about Stevie Williams, his longtime caddy, yeah, and all of true. a sudden... Yeah. Don't... Felt don't, like he betrayed him. Yeah, or don't betray back or backstab him. He's like, nope. Yeah. I can kind of relate to Tiger Woods. I've done that to some people in my life. You you could cross me. Eventually, I got a breaking point. I'm not going to respond anymore. Nobody keeps receipts like Tiger. No, well, Dirk. <laughs> if you if you hit me in the face with a golf club, I will not talk to you anymore. Oh yeah, well that's <laughs> a good one. He still has to talk to her though. Eh, barely. They share kids together. Uh, I I would actually Talks to her lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, I would nominate Dirt for that category. If anybody is as petty as Tiger Woods, I would nominate Dirt. People don't, and not even you. You you don't even know. There's a level of petty that exists. That no, like, there's a level of petty for Tiger. I don't think it's petty. I, I I don't. I think it's. I think it's real breathing fire that he has to hold back. It's personal. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Dirt's is petty. Uh dirt's. Yeah. Well, most of them tend to be petty. Yeah. 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 He recognizes that they're petty. Most of them are from when he was like 26 too, and I'm like, yo, we're almost 40. Let's. Uh, yeah. Buried the hatchet. You want to get this guy on the show, or you still hate him? No, I still hate him. I'm like, okay, all right, great. I won't do it. <laughs> nah, I, I side with dirt here. Good for you. Do hold, you? Hold your grudges. You get... strike me as patty, too. Yeah. Well, it gives you a little fire getting into your old age. It's something to motivate you. Is you know, It's not like... A, it, old age? You're 29. I'm 35. I, I'm not saying me in particular. I'm saying men in general. You know what? You hit 40. Low T happens. You need something else to get you going in the morning. Is the low T hit you? Not quite. Yet. It hasn't hit swag yet. He's yeah. 52 years old. He's holding on to the hair in the Hell low yeah. in the high T. Good for you guys. That's... Oh, dude, swag is into some kinky stuff. Well, that's that's how you keep the T high, baby. That... Keep keep that activity up. That's how you keep her happy, and that's how you keep a smile on your face. Smile on everybody's faces. I mean, come on. Have you ever been to a Swigard party? Uh, no. And now I'm not sure. I don't I, like. I'm I'm almost interested, He's but full scared. Of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Schultz is like, how do I get into this party? Yeah, I'm you got to wear a crow's mask and you got to knock three times and give a password. I got some... <laughs> <laughs> got some weird kinks myself. I'm down. Really? What's the weirdest kink you have? I, I don't know. I'm just kind of. Are you a role play guy? You like talking? You strike me as you Actually, like talking. Role play, like Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm your daddy. <laughs> I'm your daddy. I think my wife would divorce me if I ever said that. But Spanker no. on the hiney. I'm your daddy. Eh, spanking's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's whoa. Uh, okay. Yeah, you hey, you asked me. I I, I try you to did. be honest on the radio. I did. So yeah. there you go. I'm not. I don't think I'll reveal anything past that. But yeah, that's that's a fun one. Um. Yeah. I, I'm the one that likes it. By the way, I I'm just kidding. The spanking? Yeah. You, you got to spank me. Oh wow. We can get into some trauma in your life. What wow, happened? There's a new drop for no, the show. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah, God, it's That's way too early. Drop. I just set myself up. Damn. <laughs> Opening segment, you gave us a classic drop. Well, we've got uh, Right to the Meat, and now I Like to be Spanked. There's right, another one. There right you go. to the Meat's one of my favorite stories and drops that we've had on the show's history. No, dude, get right to the meat. 
Uh, I I uh, I am not usually on, but there's those one percent of the, the time where I'm like radio gold here, and mm. that, that's it right there. Most of the time you don't have it, but in that <laughs> random chance that you strike it, you strike it pretty hard. Yep, you you get it and you get it big, baby. Yeah, that's like, what she said. Gold rush of San Francisco. Uh, that's what Max Struess did last night. Man, did he ever! I you know I didn't know this. I should have known this, but I didn't. And, and we'll get to it later, but. <laughs> I guess it just didn't resonate in my brain that the Blazers went a whole month without a win. Yeah. You had the all-star break in there. It's nine in a row. No, I mean, I know it's a shorter month. Uh, It's not this year, but traditionally, yes. And then the all-star break. It seemed like they had a longer all-star break than most other teams for some odd reason. Like, Uh, they got an extra day on both ends. Don't they travel the most miles of any team in the NBA based Uh, on where we're at? They do. I think we do, yeah. We're the most isolated so I think that's maybe that was a thing with their scheduling yeah. was hey give them an extra break, but a whole month without a win. <laughs> yeah, well they were they were on their way. And we're then, the Pistons. I mean then, I know they got eight wins and we have fifteen, but we're the Pistons. Yeah, nine in a row. Looked like things were turning around last night, and then DeAndre Ayton's hand got raked. Yeah, that didn't help. I still think Miami would have won that game. Somehow. I still thought when they were up 10 at the end of the first half, like, they, I, they're I thought, not holding this lead. I, I was about to text you. I yeah. go, There's no way they're holding this You should have, because at 14, I was. T- I would have texted you. Tired. They're going to lose this I game. I was back. I was in a joint, a nice uh, bourbon on a rock. I had made the uh, thank you promo for the Fan Winter Golf Classic and got that and in the system. Bourbon on a rock? Yeah, a, a big ice cube. Oh, a rock as opposed a, to rocks. Is it a circle or like a? It's a. I have a circle. Oh, you have. Okay. I have a mold that does some medium sized. Yeah. circles. not the ginormous ones. Okay. I don't like the ginormous ones. The mediums but, about uh, right. But for me. yeah, maybe, need a little melting. Maybe yeah. two inches in circumference. Yeah. Oh, uh, right up my alley. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I had four lines and none of them were appropriate for this early <laughs> uh, Hey, with eight now last night, that, that Haggins kid, 10-day contract that was guy. the biggest softball I've ever been served up, and I had to watch it go by. Yeah, just, just watch it. You couldn't even swing. You're like, damn it. That was it right there. Well, we got a busy show today. We have two guests. John Keim covers the Washington Commanders. He's going to join us at 8.30. He is in Indianapolis I'm trying to kind of poke and prod through some of the top five teams in the NFL draft just to see, like, hey, if so-and-so is gone, where do you think they're leaning? How they're how they have the vision, what's their vision for how to build what they are back up to being back in a, in a playoff spot or a contender in any way. So John Kime's gonna join us at 8:30. And at 7:30, uh, delighted to talk with Talia von Olhoffen of Oregon State Women's Hoops. I know I I talked to Reagan Beers. Uh, a couple weeks ago. I hope I'm not a jinx. I talked to Reagan Beers. My family yeah. went to the UCLA game, and she got her nose broken in the early, I want to say, second quarter. Uh-oh. And my daughter, my Eesh. seven-year-old, turned to me and goes, we saw all the blood gushing on the floor. There, there's nothing that's a little more grotesque. It's but pretty awful. Is is not as bad as it looks. Yes, because the nose just bleeds. Dude, it was coming that, out. And just the littlest nick on like an eyebrow if you catch an elbow. Yeah. The littlest nick and you think you Gushing. sliced an artery. Well, my seven-year-old turns to me and she goes, Dad, uh, I don't think I want to play basketball anymore. <laughs> and I went, ah, that, that can happen, obviously. We're seeing it, but yeah. it won't happen to you. And I talked her back into it. But uh, yeah, Reagan Beers broke her nose the last time I talked to an Oregon State women's player. I'm worried, but Talia von Olhoffen comes from 
good athletic background. Her mom was a stud athlete, and her dad is Kimo Von Ohoffen. And if that name, you're kind of going, do I know that name? Yeah, you do. You do. He is the defensive lineman who railed Carson Palmer in the knee in the playoff game when Pittsburgh went to Cincinnati and, and won because Palmer got he got yanked out after like the first play of the game. That's her dad. Toughness in her blood. Toughness in the blood. So she'll join us coming up at 730. We got a status story to get to. I got a lot of NFL odds and ends. I got a college football segment I want to get to. It is a loaded show, Dirt and Sprague. Good to be with you with Schultz. We're back with more on 1080 The Fan. 619 on The Fan. One of the listeners tweeting us and saying, Dirt and Schultz petty, or is it just being a Duck fan? Didn't think about it that way, but they both are Duck fans. I, I don't think yeah. that's the reason, but I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. It's not the motivation. They're younger Duck fans, too. Oh, yeah. So they weren't there when it was really They didn't bad. experience the no. toilet bowl. All they've experienced are national championship game appearances and Rose Bowls. No, the start of my Duck fan existence was, Kenny Wheaton's going to score! I, I was like five when that happened, so... Swag, do you know the background of Schultz's duck fandom? It's quite interesting to me. I don't know that I do. Do you know the background of his Mariner fandom? No. Why are you a Mariner fan? How did you become a Mariner fan? Uh, I'm trying to figure out how I explain this in a weird way. Like to, Because yeah. I just, as a kid, I, I love baseball. Like, there's really... The attachment that I found to, you know, all three sports was kind of varying, but baseball was the one that, yeah. as a kid, I connected with the most. And, you know, my dad and I loved going to games as a kid. Like, eighth grade was when we started doing that whole every year thing. So, that yeah. that's, that's you know, yeah. growing up with it is great, but he mentioned it there. The reason, dad. Mm-hmm. Ask him who his dad roots for in college. Was he? Beaver fan? My dad is a big Oregon State Beaver oh, fan. He just stuck the Huge. knife right in the back and was like, yeah. oh, I'm going well, the opposite that's like, way. Uh, that's like uh, <laughs> Dusty's Astros fandom. Yeah. Because his dad is a Dodger fan. I And the Dodgers and Astros way long time ago were giant division rivals. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't grow up with a dad, but had I, I think I would have just become a fan of... I mean, knowing my dad yeah. now, my dad's kind of a He's a fan hopper. He's not really overly committed to any team in any sport. Gotcha. But if I grew up with a dad who was a diehard fan of a team, mm-hmm. I think I would have just become a fan yeah. of that team, too. The only diehards in my family, it was the Trailblazers and Oregon State. My entire family, other than me, went to Oregon State. Now you get to choose, you know, teams like the Dodgers. You know, exactly. You don't have to settle for some crap team. It was a little further along for me, though, because it wasn't just the fact that I was deciding to go against my dad because of his Beaver fandom. It was the fact that my mom married somebody else, and he had Oregon Ducks season tickets, and that kind of started my Duck fandom wow. as like a middle schooler. So it was totally superficial. Jeez, no kidding. A little just bit. Just buying your fandom. Man, just but got your fandom with tickets. It was a little bit of a connection to being at the events. I mean, I mean, if I, if I grew up going to Research Stadium, mm-hmm. I would probably feel the same way about the Oregon State Beavers, but I happened to grow up with somebody that picked the Ducks and taking me to Autzen, and I mean, the guy's a jerk, but I got my Ducks fandom from him, so there you go. That is what I love the most, is you hate that guy. <laughs> oh, he's you, an absolute ass. And you've just stuck with the fandom anyway. He's I, like, well, I'm already here. <laughs> it's not the team that he roots for that makes him a bad person, so it doesn't matter. Uh, we had quite a night in the association last night. Uh, we had some interesting things going on. We mentioned Portland. We'll get to them at the top of the hour. 
Uh, Pelicans whooping the Knicks' ass. I mean, the Knicks are kind of in a free fall with these injuries. Well, they were owed one after uh, the refs gave them the game against the Pistons. Well, they should have lost that game. Go look at the Knicks. Since OG got hurt, Randall's been hurt. That team floundering a little bit, man. They're yeah, struggling. Jalen Brunson can only do so much. And he's been phenomenal. And he's been great. But, yeah. He's been, he's been all NBA team worthy. I watched a little of the T-Wolves-Spurs game on League Pass. Wimby was awesome. Yeah, when they get some pieces to put around Wemby, if Pop is still uh If they get a good coach, it, they can maybe get, turn that thing around. Are you done with Pop? I've been done with Pop for three or four uh, years. Uh-huh. What what has Pop done that suggests that he's, I'm going to win four championships, Greg Popovich? Do you think he's just waiting until he gets a couple more pieces and then they hire Becky Hammond to be the first female coach in the NBA? Maybe. Maybe. I, I don't I don't think the Spurs should be like fourth in the West. Should they be eleven and forty eight? It's not like they've got absolute scrubs all around Winbanyama. Yeah, not like yeah but great. I think Kelton Johnson's a good player. Yeah, Sohan can be a good player. I, what what am I? They, Devin Vassell? Yeah, Vassell's like, good. They yeah. just gave him one hundred forty eight million dollars. Trey Jones isn't bad either. They've actually gotten a little better, but with him uh, getting more minutes, but. Yeah, I just I I think that I is, just think they're learning how I, I that's think an interesting situation. It's an interesting situation. I think Wimbanyama is such a unique freak of a player. It took them it took the other players a long time how to figure out how to play alongside him. Is he a center? Is he a small four? What Yes. He's both. He's everything. He's, he's everything. A stretch four. So he's all of it. I, four I, blocks last night. And Wimbanyama's also a sort of guy where he's a true team guy. He's not just give me the ball, get out of my way, and watch. And so he's he deferred a lot early on to try to be a good teammate rather than just recognizing, okay, people can't guard me, so Let's force them to figure out how to try, and then everybody else will be open. You know, truly of rook, a special rookie seasons. It may not may not be statistically the greatest of rookie seasons, but he's been really good to me. He's yeah. been what's advertised, but I'm also wondering how many people are tuning into his games. That's fair because not he not a lot of people a have bunch on pass. national TV early. Are people watching all those games? Is he one of those players for but, people where it's like I got to catch him on TNT or ESPN? But tonight? I haven't seen him on. Now I don't know because I've been running around, you know, doing college hoops. Well, here. college hoop season derails your <laughs> NBA. <laughs> it's and a so, hard yeah. game to watch. But I have not yeah. seen as many Spurs national TV games as I did early in the season. I, I think I find myself looking at like you know like going uh, east of the stream and finding a Spurs game just to watch like Wembenyama for maybe you know half of the game. I'm not watching a full 48 minutes. But he so. is he is the kind of player or athlete for you where I don't think I don't maybe I'm overstepping with this. You don't strike me as like a diehard NBA person. No, but I watch the national games. Pretty casual NBA yeah. fan, right? Normal. What I would say American NBA fan is, hey, there's a game on. Oh, I'll tune in. If there's not, I don't get league pass. Is Wimby a guy that makes you go to a stream that maybe isn't uh, something you're paying for? But, like, he is he an athlete that gets you to find and go out of your way to find him? Yeah, and at this point of the year, especially after football's done, what else am I going to do? I, it's more entertaining to watch Wembenyana any given night than, than the Portland Trailblazers even. So, I mean, last night's game wasn't bad. You know, they had some good effort. I'm sure we'll get to that. But I love the athleticism and the way that Pop's handling him. Of course, you, you asked the question, you know, what does he bring to the table for the Spurs? Well, I think the Spurs front office thinks that he's going to do the same thing, developing, you know, Manu Ginobili, Tony 
Tony Parker, Tim Duncan uh, back in the late 90s. He's going to do the same thing that he did with them. No, those with teams the- were people, I, I don't think it resonates because time's crazy, but yeah, those t- we're talking over a decade ago, man. Oh, you're and not that's, wrong. That's why I've kind of been out on him. Is like I, I think he's been great. I think he's one of the all-time legends as a coach. Uh, we watched it with Belichick this year. Coaches, not always coaches, just get to age and be champions and well, ride in the, the NFL. Sunset. Not necessarily in the NBA. I feel like guys are given a lot longer of a leash. It's weird. Yeah, he hasn't won a playoff series since 2017. I'm so, not. So you're not wrong. Uh, well, they're not going to fire him. He won five titles for the franchise, but. Uh, I just don't, when I watch the Spurs, I don't see a team that's massively out coaching another team. I don't feel that anymore. The way you watch Spurs game, you go, damn it, dude, they're doing it again. They're finding a way. And I, I just, I don't feel that way. Whether that's when Benyama and learning how to use him, play with him, what have you, they haven't been good in a while. They've missed on some prospects. They hired that, that, uh, that little, that little pervert. I forget the guy's name, but he was flashing their therapist. Like, They've had some questionable decision making happen in the last like six years, and that franchise has been largely irrelevant. Yeah, it's hard to make change. It's hard. It's it yeah. is hard to make yeah. change. I think they they like that voice in the locker room. They like that that feeling that the franchise has had for the past twenty five years. Sure. And you want to hold on to that as long as you can. In this world of sports, and as a fan that likes longevity, I, I, I see where they're going with that. We did have nearly a full court game winner last night between Dallas and Cleveland. Luke had forty five. He was freaking awesome in this game. And uh, two seconds left. Cleveland has no timeouts. They're inbounding the ball. Struce inbounds. Pass back. Struce, basically, he's a full-court game winner. Leave it inbound. Just to the left of the Cavs bench. All we need Leave is a deflection. Pass deflected by Mobley, but grabbed by Doncic. Doncic bounced underneath the P.J., and he laid it in with 2.6 to go. Cavs out of timeout. Struce into Mobley. Back to Max. Half-court shot. Good! Good! He hit it! This place is going crazy! The Cavaliers had 2.6. They were out of timeouts. Struce, let it fly. Struce hit nothing but net. Struce on the loose with the game winner. 121. 119 in one of the most incredible endings you will ever see. Cleveland Cavalier radio uh, team there. Struce on the loose had to feel really good as a broadcaster. Swag, when you have a line that you casually drop that you know is fire and you move on, there's got to be throughout your brain a moment where you're like, oh, I did it perfectly. Yes. I think Jim Alcorn had that happen last night. Yeah. He was he he had that ready to go. God. There there's a couple that you got that you the one sometimes they just come up like they almost surprise you. It's just in there and then you're like, "Oh, yeah. I got slowing. something." Yes. Yes. Now you just got to deliver it. So now then you have to pick your spots with it you carefully. Do. You can't overuse it. A 3 quarters court game winning shot is unbelievable yes there was a live stream of some guys blogging watching there were multiple the game last night around hoops um there were and and the live stream a guy literally as Struce gets the ball back before he shoots goes no effing way heave bam hits it they all throw their headphones off ah! start screaming it's just perfect it was oh it was poetry 
And Cavs beat Dallas. So bad loss for Dallas, man. You can't be losing that game. Uh, nice shot by Max Struess. All right, uh, coming up next, I want to dive into some NFL stuff. we got a lot of stuff from the combine we need to get to. I want to get back with this. A player going into the draft, a local player, and the potential spots that make a lot of sense for him. I thought this one was hit right on the head. I'll tell you who it is and where they're going potentially next. I didn't get to uh, some audio from an NFL team yesterday. We'll get to that coming up at 645. Blazers didn't win a game in the month of February. Uh, We'll get to that at 7. We'll move on quickly. I know some of you guys don't care about the Blazers anymore. I understand. They've earned that. They've earned that kind of title and uh, place in your heart right now. Viewership numbers prove it. But a whole month of not winning a game is uh, its pretty wild mentally for me to really grasp that that's a thing for this franchise at this point. Uh, we'll get to that at the top of the hour. I, I was perusing NFL Combine stuff, and I stumbled across this article uh, of CBS Sports, and I got this one from Garrett Podell. And I just was interested because it said Bo Nix. And I'm like, oh, little Bo Nix uh, chatta in the old NFL combine. Give it to me. And I don't know where you guys are at. I know Bo Nix is an interesting prospect. He's a little older, but he's anywhere from teens to, to late back into the first round. He seems like he's destined to be in the first round uh, of the NFL draft. His numbers, just his numbers from college, he went from 59% completion percentage to 75 He went from 6.9 yards per pass attempt to 9.2. Yards per season passing, 2,400 at Auburn, 4,000 at Oregon. Touchdown-interception ratio was 39-16, or touchdown-to-interceptions at Auburn was 39-16. At at Oregon, it was 74-10. Just everything about his career changed when he got to Eugene. And so he's become an interesting prospect for many. And Garrett puts together a top five list of landing spots that would actually make the most sense for Bo Nix. And I just want to know if they're omitting a team here. Is there a team that's not on this list that kind of makes sense where if Bo's going to go somewhere and learn and sit and then get an opportunity, he can succeed? It's like a good spot for him to have that. I'll go through the five. The fifth team. This one was interesting. Cleveland Browns. I know Cleveland Browns doesn't always jump off for people. But if this Watson thing goes one more season of being bad, I really think they're going to pull a Denver Russ Wilson situation. They got to pivot. Pay to get out of it. Like, yeah, at some point you got to say he isn't what he was. And so I just wonder if going to Cleveland, yeah, Deshaun's there. But at least you get to learn from a Kevin Stefanski, who I believe won coach of the year this year. So I thought that was a good one. Uh, Four is New England. I don't feel so hot about that one. And that's more so me not knowing what the hell is happening in New England. Not that Gerard Mayo's a bad hire. No. But he's pretty unproven, and we don't know what he's going to be or what the system is going to be. And oh, by the way, it ain't like they are they have all these weapons everywhere in New England. That that state of flux <laughs> that the franchise is in right now, if I'm Bo Nix, I'm hoping that the Patriots don't look at me. Because, yeah, you don't know how Gerard Mayo is going to develop a new quarterback. I believe they brought in Alex Van Pelt to, to run the Patriots offense, so I'm not really sure how successful he's been with young quarterbacks in the past. So, yeah, if I'm Bo, eh, stay away. The only I think the only glimmer of hope for New England if you're rooting for Bo Nix to have a good NFL career, if you're a Duck fan or college football fan, because Bo Nix is kind of Mr. College. Yeah. You just think that New England, you tell yourself, New England doesn't have Belichick anymore. 
And they haven't had fun offense to watch in years. It feels like when Randy Moss left, well, they had a couple years, but like statistically speaking, their last few years here, they, they have not been good. You just hope that maybe this new direction gives you like a new a new sense of life offensively where they're not what they once were with Mac Jones or at the very end with Tom Brady. Number three is the spot I would want the most if I was a Penix or a Bo Nix, Minnesota. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, I don't know if he's going to come back. Maybe he will. If he does, I think that's even better. You get to learn Kevin O'Connell's system. Highly regarded, smart offensive mind. Oh, by the way, you get Justin Jefferson. I know there's some chatter about if they trade him. I don't think the Vikings are going to do that. They basically came out and poo-pooed that report. You get Justin Jefferson and Kevin O'Connell. I'd be pretty jacked to be able to sit on the sidelines for maybe a year behind a Kirk Cousins, absorb what's happening, understand it, practice it, study it, and then get your clean shot. Minnesota seems like a sneaky great spot. Not even sneaky, just overall a great spot if you're somebody like Bo Nix. Obvious statement, but half season in a dome, too, I think, for a young quarterback in the NFL. Sure. And they obviously have some of the best pieces. I mean, you're looking at this list, it's like, God, Cleveland looks like a better spot than the the Patriots do right now. Cleveland seems like a great spot. I know it's cold weather, but, man, they got the killer defense. Chubb will be back. I assume that they're going to keep him. Amari Cooper's still there. And again, Stefanski's regarded as a really good offensive mind. But Minnesota desperately, uh, Kevin O'Connell really wants a quarterback that he can develop personally, and that would be probably, out of everybody on this list, that's the best fit. You're right. Uh, Miami? Talk about the best fits. Is Miami a better fit than Minnesota? If you're Bo Nix, do you want to go to Minnesota or Miami? Well, who doesn't want to go? Well, he's married, actually. No, I take that back. If I'm a young single guy, I want to go to Miami. But isn't he already married? Doesn't he have a kid? Uh, I don't think he has a kid. Well, yeah. he does have a kid? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I've seen pictures of him holding a little one. I thought that he had a family. So uh, if that, I'm... That was a Dan Lanning kid. <laughs> if I'm... <laughs> I don't know. I knew he's married. I didn't know he had a kid. If I'm going out on a limb, I would say that, that Minnesota, if you're trying to build a career, you want to go where your career is going to flourish in Minnesota versus Miami. All, all the nightclub stuff, all the fun stuff, well, that doesn't matter for him. Yeah, so. but that's not why. That's not what's great about Miami. Uh, they've got weapons, but... They've uh, got weapons in McDaniel. Yeah, Kevin. O'Connell, though. Yeah, but if Tua doesn't work uh, and you got a twitchy owner who's trying to sell a piece of his ownership. You know Miami hasn't won a playoff game since 01. Are people aware that they're going on like 23 years? Does McDaniel stay if it doesn't work out with Tua? I I, I think there's a lot more stability in Minnesota and there's a more likelihood that he could see the field sooner depending on what happens with Cousins. Sneaky good point. The owner. The owner is always a part of the equation, and we don't put it into the equation quite enough. Yeah, why yeah. do you walk into, or why do you want to walk into a situation full of drama as a young quarterback? It, it seems like in Minnesota, the road to starting is much clearer as opposed to Miami, where it's just a lot of tumultuous stuff. Uh, and the last one he lists is Pittsburgh, the Blitzburg Steelers. I think that could be a great place for him, and I we talked about this. Uh, the the difference between there and Denver. Yeah. Where Denver, and, and I said traditionally, Denver fans, the organization, they look for a quarterback to be the centerpiece of things, whereas Pittsburgh, yes, you want to have a, a capable and able quarterback, but the quarterback is just one cog in the team, and they do it all together, and that sort of is Bo Nix's modus operandi. Uh, whereas Denver, I think they look for the quarterback to provide the lightning bolts yeah. frequently. 
even though when they won, it's because they put a running game together behind John Elway. But, but a, a, this is going to sound crazy. He's never had a sub 500 record. Do you want to go with Mike Tomlin? Like if you're Bo Nix and Denver and Pittsburgh are picking, you're sitting there probably. I I would assume mentally saying Denver, 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 Denver. Aren't you? Uh, even if you don't not know necessarily. If Sean, really. You'd, Not necessarily. You'd rather play for Mike Tomlin than Sean Payton? I think I would play for Mike Tomlin. I think Bo Nix is somebody that can handle whatever system from whatever OC comes in. Mm. Um, as long as it's not Matt Canada. Well, <laughs> And that's what Tomlin that really, might hire. Was that really a system? Well, but, th- that's kind of the point, though, yeah. is Tomlin decided that that was the Pittsburgh system. I think more for Pittsburgh is, and we saw this with Bo, if you put enough weapons around him. Uh, Fryermuth is healthy. You got a quality tight end, security blanket, target. Um, Rumored to get Johnny Smith as well. They're, they're the top yeah. landing spot for so former Atlanta. Tight if end. he's got enough around him to work and they can protect him, then I I think Bo can because he's a guy that has no problems going on thirteen play, eighty five yard drives, killing nine and a half minutes. Is there any team not included in this that you would imagine should also be included in it? Like New Orleans? I've seen some New Orleans chatter. <sighs> I don't know what's going on down there. Yeah, they're going to fire their coach in a year or two. It's uh, I, like I, not I, according to the GM. Did well, you know all the great coaches started off sub five hundred? He believes in Dennis Allen. Well, you're that that vote of confidence. <laughs> he this said that he legitimately was like, and I think Bill Belichick started out as six and blah. blah. Well, so did Pete Carroll. That doesn't stop. So did Steve Spagnuolo. Yeah. Then he got fired and went back to being a defensive coordinator. I don't know Shut what up. the I don't know if the Jets are going to try to draft another quarterback. And I mean, they have to start thinking about that. That dude's had. 40 I years old. I would avoid that situation like the plague. Yeah, also coaching turnover potentially there. That's just, and you've got another crazy owner. You just so, have to want to go to a good ownership situation, I yeah, think. Yeah, there's you nothing know? better than the yeah. Roonies. And, right. So Yeah, maybe Pittsburgh is ultimately the best spot. I still would be a little nervous that Tomlin, what's the offense he's going to give mm-hmm. me? Yeah, I'm going to push back a little bit on Swag's point. I know we got to go, but I do think that Denver under Sean Payton for Bo, mm-hmm. it, just a quarterback would be a better fit because you look at the history of QBs in Pittsburgh. It wasn't Mike Tomlin developing Ben Roethlisberger. He was already there. He was established. So, so I'm not really thinking that the quarterback position in Pittsburgh is something that I'm going to thrive at. I'm just going to be inserted, as you guys said, into their offense, into their system, and they're going to make it work trying to get 10 wins a year. In Denver, I'm going to be allowed to flourish. It, for me, it's obvious, but there might be some inside NFL stuff that I don't know where he fits better with Tomlin. Who knows? Sean Payton might be an ass to work with. It sounds like recently he has been. Well, and Dan Lanning, pretty big football guy, loves him some Bo Nix. If you're a big football guy, maybe that's exactly what Bo Nix loves to be around because he's a big football guy. Uh, interesting read. Just as we continue to roll on, the combine starts today, and I'd find Bo Nix a fascinating prospect and teams that make sense for him. Uh, good points, I think, were made by all the teams. Even if some of those teams I wouldn't be as excited about going to, I still thought it was uh, interesting to dive into why each team would maybe make the most sense for Bo Nix. Uh, we'll stick with some NFL stuff. I didn't get to this team yesterday that seems kind of noncommittal at the most important position, and will they draft the player of the future there? That's next on The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. I love when people tell me how to do my job. I should go to their jobs and tell them how to do their job. That'd be fun. Should we go set up and do play-by-play on their job? What job do you think we could observe and then give criticism to, and that person would just say, you have no idea what you're talking about? Oh, a lot of jobs. Anybody uh, operating a forklift, I think, falls under that category. Those look hard. Eh, 
I got a forklift certification at a job once. I figured it out. I'm not. Well, very, you're the wrong person to talk. I'm to. not very handy. I struggle I, finding a stud in a wall. I see people screwing up on those things a lot. Oh, I mean, there's dangerous. The videos are the funniest part about getting those certifications because it's always you see the insert from the actor to the dummy, and then all of the stuff comes down, and the dummy is squished. It's like this: you could kill a coworker. Eh, yeah, you could. You could. It's possible. Or you could just operate this thing because it's got four buttons. But they don't make any sense. See, the fact that you have to have a certification for this, that it doesn't just have like a wheel that you yeah. could turn and then something else that just makes the big old thing <laughs> that goes up and down go up and down. I don't know much about forklifts, but they seem a little too complex. Uh, we've got NFL Combine stuff to get into. Um, a lot to talk about because we've got some audio. Justin Herbert has talked now about Jim Harbaugh, having Jim Harbaugh as his coach. We've got a Bills thought on, you know what, if you want to go get a quarterback, screw everybody else, go get him anyway. Uh, I love that John Harbaugh declared that Rashad Bateman's going to get the ball more next season. I was like, okay. It's kind of odd. I think Rashad Bateman's fine, but not quite the first-round type talent that they think they or that they hoped that they were getting from him. And I don't have time to get to the Seahawks. I want to talk about the Seahawks today. I think the Seahawks, they're in an interesting spot, and they're – Kind of committed but non-committal to their quarterback. A little fence sitting with Geno Smith, huh? Uh yeah. Brady, you know, Brady Henderson, a good friend of ours, uh, who covers Seahawks for ESPN, he was on the show a couple weeks ago and he, he kind of hinted at this. And just like, hey, they they picked it up before the deadline to to guarantee his what is it, twelve point seven million or whatever yes. it was. And he said, Yeah, I wouldn't read into that as anything that means he's gonna be the starter next year. And Brady's been kind of dropping little crumbs all over the place about where they're going and what's the direction. Uh, Schneider was asked yesterday about Jamal Adams. And I love that. You know, I get we have to ask these people questions, but I love that they ask him about Jamal Adams when we all know they don't want Jamal Adams. <laughs> I think that's been evident. They they basically sent him home last year. That trade was a disaster for him. They've, you know, they've righted the ship a little bit. They... They've recovered from it. They traded Russ after it. Him being non non committal to Jamal Adams, I you know, well we'll see. Is he a good fit for Mike McDonald? I, we'll see. Nah, I think we know. I think he's a bit of a problem, and the Seahawks are going to move on from. Him. But what they're going to do at quarterback? Are they going to draft the player of the future in this draft, or is this a draft where you say, yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks. But quarterbacks are a crapshoot. Talked about this yesterday on the show, Schultz. You never know. Largely, the history of the NFL says none of these guys will hit, and one will hit if you're lucky. Yeah. Right? So we're Jane Daniels, Drake May. Maybe it'll be a great class. Certainly, we've had draft classes where there's a couple dudes in it. Of course. But it also could be Caleb doesn't hit because Chicago is in rough waters. It could be that Drake May... Maybe Merrill Hodge is right. His mechanics and his processing isn't top-notch. Jane Daniels weighs as much as I do, but he's like 6'4", 6'5". I, I just, you know, there are things and reasons. Bo Nix, maybe he was just destined to be a great college quarterback and he'll be a good NFL backup. Penix, can he stay healthy? Is he a franchise guy or is he one of these, you know, Tarod Taylors? He's just going to be a backup in the NFL for a long time and that's just what his role is. It's such a crapshoot with yeah. it that I could see the Seahawks doing either. You either see somebody alike and Ryan Grubbs, the OC, maybe it is Penix. Or you look at it and you say, well, we're not picking in the top three. 
And outside of that, we don't love anybody enough to go in our first two rounds of picks. So we're going to say thanks, but no thanks. Run it back. Do Geno. See what the defense will do this year with Mike McDonald and taking that step forward. And then build it out that way. There's there's two approaches to it. Seattle doesn't strike me as impatient. They strike me as smart. I think Schneider's smart. It didn't work the last couple years for them. But that doesn't mean that they can't figure this out and right the ship. And if that coach is as good as advertised, that defense should take a pretty significant leap and put them in a spot where maybe they trade for a quarterback. Maybe they make a trade and go up in a draft with a quarterback. But they could be just that piece away. And oh, by the way, it's not like Geno's a bum. No, he offers stability to the franchise. That's why they signed him to the yes. deal that they did. When but he, when he gave has, them flexibility. When he has time to pass, Schultze, He's not bad. No. And in the NFL, getting to the playoffs, contending that way, building a monster defense up. You're seeing this with the Chiefs. They have Mahomes. Their defense is the better side of the ball. So we'll get into all of that stuff. There is also a name in the NFL. I want to talk about this. There is a name in the NFL that everybody knows, and I think it's one of the biggest stories in the entire league, what's happening with him. And I'm just curious if this is resonating with other football fans who aren't fans of this team. And I'll tell you who that is. We got Statter Story, loaded second hour of the show. Uh, Talia Von Olhoffen will join us at 7.30. And the Blazers go a month without winning. Dirt and Sprague, hour two on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Dirt and Sprague. You know how fast you were going? What? How fast you were going? Uh, 65. 63. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. You gotta understand that I don't come up with this stuff. I just forward it along. You wouldn't arrest a guy who's just delivering drugs from one guy to another. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Oh yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? The fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app, 99.5 HD2. And old timey AM radio, 1080 AM. You know who's a big fan of the AM radio? Here? We like to listen to AM radio. Yeah, <laughs> you're damn right we do. 
You're damn right we do. It's the best. It's the greatest. Nobody's ever had better. Uh, thank you for hanging with us today. We always appreciate when you uh, are able to catch the show in any way, whether that's podcasting, YouTube, uh, live, two segments, one segment, the whole show, whatever you do, however committed you are, we appreciate it. We also want to say thank you to all of the fantastic listeners. Said it yesterday before the event even started. Thank you to everybody that came and helped and and uh, hung out with us out at Tualatin X Golf and Vancouver X Golf. Danny and Dusty show Isaac and Souk. They got Barrett for an hour. It was um, a blast. I missed the interview live. I have basketball practice last night. So I'm parsing through the interview, trying to get some nuggets that I can pull from it. But we appreciate you guys coming out and hanging out with us at X Golf and participating in our first fan winter golf classic. Uh, great success is what I was told. And an event that we want to tweak, look to improve try to make better for next year so listeners can come out again and have a good time in the winter when it's too damn wet and too damn cold they want to go play golf outside uh we have a giveaway heads up uh that we didn't get to yesterday so we'll get to that today and we've got talia von olhoffen uh guard for your oregon state women's basketball team they got a big matchup stanford tomorrow and they face stanford when their head coach set the record and i want to know like it sucks to lose a game. I'm sure you're pissed. Is there a part of you that goes, ah, I was involved with history? Yeah, we were part way. of history. Not in a good way, Wrong but you're a part of history. Of yeah. Mm, we'll, talk with, we'll talk with Talia Von Ohoffen at 730. Uh, kick off the second hour of the show. Your Portland Trailblazers did not win a game in the month of February. Oh, and nine. Oh, and nine, Bob. They lose to the Miami Heat. They had a double-digit lead last night. Not that that matters that much in the NBA anymore. And then DeAndre Hayton sprained his hand with an awful, just nasty fall with Kevin Love. And basically, they crumbled after that. Hayton's been probably one of the few, if not only, bright spots of this team for the better part of a few weeks. And he goes out, and what happens? Well, nothing. Portland's not very good, even Miami with cranked it. up the defense. They shoved everything to Anthony Simons, who rebounded with a good first half. He hit, like, his first three threes. Yeah. And then they just said, okay, we're just running everybody at him and daring somebody else to beat us. And that's what you got to do when Portland is sitting like this. It, it is one of the things. I I have been a little underwhelmed with Ant this year, but it is absolutely a thing you have to admit out loud is like sometimes he's on the court with guys that you don't you never heard. Ashton Hagens is on the court with him and you're like, uh Yeah. I, I hope that guy can hit a Shumani shot. Shimani Kamara was the the go to guy there for a little while. He was the only one getting buckets for yeah. a minute. And he didn't and even shoot that good a percentage. Bless him, and I love his effort and his hustle and doing all the little things, but if he's all of a sudden your number two option, that's not a good it's thing. It's a bit of a problem. Yeah, hit two threes last night. Um, yeah, well, that's few and far between. No, he doesn't hit many. That that was more of a, a hey, a positive that doesn't happen very often for him. He was trying to be the thorn in the side of Bam out of bio. That didn't go very well either. Um Hey, hey. Max effort by Haggins, though. I'm trying to find the positives in this season, and if the Blazers are just going to take the final 20 or so games or whatever just to look at young kids like this, yeah. hey, find 1,000% effort guys like Haggins, bring them in. I don't mind giving them a run. Well, here's the thing about them. I would assume DA is going to be out now. I don't know what the timeline is. I guess they need to see if, any, if bones are broken, yeah. he's going to be out for a while. Those, if it's yeah. just a sprain, then... The swelling will go down. Then they'll figure out how much pain he can take and how it affects him shooting and rebounding. We'll see what they do with Malcolm. Uh, Danny has talked about Jeremy Grant as a guy that's been dealing with some nagging injuries that maybe he'll eventually get shut down. I mean, 
this thing is already bad with some of these guys playing. It's only going to get worse. And what's interesting to me is Richmond said this on his pod, and I, I, I've agreed with it for a couple weeks now, if you can't tell based on how I talk about the Blazers. Mm-hmm. It, it's one thing to be tanking Schultze and to be aiming for draft capital. Okay, yeah. that's obviously important here. Maybe in a draft that doesn't matter, but uh, sorry. Yeah, but well, we'll that's see not, about that. It's beyond this year, too, obviously. There's a I couple guess. interesting prospects in this draft, and they're right in the sweet spot of being in a position to get them if things can fall their way. That's also, fair. Golden State, yes, they won last night against Washington. Paul's back. Maybe they stay in the plan, but they're, they're right on that line, and, yeah. and we have their pick. What I'm, what I'm more interested in is this is part of rebuilding that people do I don't think talk enough about it's 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 okay to say look this run didn't work we're gonna restart okay I may disagree with the take I think Dame could still do it with certain pieces that's fine to be okay we're moving on all right cool well I think a lot of people talk themselves into all right now we're rebuilding now we're gonna go get the pieces at the right places at the right time the right timeline and you can say, yeah, that's well and good. And you look at some pieces, you go, well, that's a little different. Oh, I liked, I kind of like that piece. But largely, your takeaway this year is that this was an awful season that was lost. You didn't, what did you, what have you accomplished? I think is a very fair thing to be saying out loud. And I said it a couple weeks ago, Jabari might be the brightest spot. Yeah. That is even cratered a little bit in the last couple weeks. And Jabari might be dealing with nagging injuries. This is the part of the rebuild that's tough. You do need to evaluate talent right. You do need to draft the right players at the right positions. But you can also go through moments where you lose an entire season and you have no takeaway. There's not an opinion on Shaden Sharp after this year. There's just not. No, you can't have one. And that's what sucks is you have you have lost seasons in that way. And so what are you going to do next year? You're probably going to be terrible. If we're being honest, you want to be terrible next year. If you're going to be terrible for this draft, you're probably going to want to be terrible for next year's because it's a little deeper. And, oh, by the way, we want to capture the flag. We want Cooper flag in Portland. So does everybody else that's bad. And that's the thing that sucks about rebuilding and how you kind of get stuck in it, right? It's it's always been the thing I've added. When, when Danny says on our pod or his show, you don't want to be the process Sixers. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. You also can be the Kings, and I think the tough thing about rebuilding is you think you're rebuilding and it's going to be rebuilt in three or four years. And I keep hearing, I heard it for yesterday from Will, OKC, OKC, all right. How's that worked out for Charlotte? How's that worked out yeah, they for hit the Detroit? lottery in OKC. Well, yeah, they, they got a player that was good and took a ginormous step to first-team All-NBA in a trade against a very leveraged, desperate team that had to win now. Yeah. And so they were willing to give a piece that maybe didn't, they shouldn't have. Are we going to do that? Do we have? What is the piece on this team that makes a team give us their SGA? There is none. See, at this point, the Blazers, they, they we knew that they were going to have a rebuilding season, but this has almost turned into like an extended version of the preseason. You just don't know where they're going. They acquired certain players, and then, oh, they signed Jeremy Grant before they traded Dame, but then decided, oh, no, we're going to keep him because the market's not really looking like we're going to get a good return for him. So you just wonder where the Blazers are. They're essentially in limbo. They haven't developed 
a lot of talent besides Jabari Walker. Shaden Sharp hasn't been on the court enough. Chris Murray looks like a total bust so far. Everybody thought he was going to be his twin brother Keegan, but he doesn't have the offensive skill set so far, at least, in the NBA. Went 0 for 5 from 3 last night. He's, like, averaging 2 a game. So you wonder, like, oh, where are the bright spots? Beyond Jabari, you just don't know. And where are the Blazers going this season? Nowhere. It's literally a season in limbo and a full version of the preseason with these players that they thought they were going to bring in for a certain reason that ended up turning into something else. Now we're sitting here still with Brogdon and Grant on our roster. As a Blazers fan, you're wondering, all right, are we better right now? No. So where are we going? And, and I ask the same question. Where are we going? What are we doing, Joe? This isn't a rebuilding season. This is a preseason season. Well, they go into next year and... The argument between the fan base in some ways is like, what year is this of rebuild? And someone says, yeah, year one, Dame's gone. Okay, year three of losing, though. And season ticket renewals around the corner. And it's just going to get ugly, and it's not going to get better. And are you going to entice those people who just signed up thinking you were building around Dame because you told us you were putting the chips in the middle? Are you going to entice those people to renew? Because they're going to want a discount. And if you're not going to offer the discount... I'd imagine they're going to lose some people to that. Uh, it, it's just it's it's a tough spot, and it's not that they can't get out of it. It's just it's hard to see it now. We are in the middle of the what are they, what is that old saying? It's hard to see the the forest through the trees, right? You're in it. It's hard to see it. You're in it right now. Whether they they get back there in two years or three years, I don't know. But they suck this year. This is the third year of not being good. They're not going to be good next year. That's going to be year four. Even if you get a Cooper flag, and I God, I hope that they do, you'll be optimistic at that point, but that they will be bad that season, his rookie year. That will be year five. You will be at almost a, you'll be at the halfway point of a decade of people's lives keep telling us, no, 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 we're figuring it out. We're building it. It's going to go the right way. And at, at eventually, it just kind of falls on deaf ears. There's been some moments and times this year that have felt optimistic and felt great, but for the most part, this it's just it's unfortunate because injuries have derailed a lot of this. It's true. But that again is the that's the difficulty of rebuilding. You draft these young players, you get these guys, and they don't stay healthy. You can't evaluate it, and then you have to think, well, w- what if he's not this next year? Then how do I feel about him? Like, what if Shaden is kind of what he was this year, next year, stats wise? That's not good. Well, I I think they're gonna have to do like a like where are we going with Shaden? Scoot and Ant, they still haven't made a decision on that, even though I think they're going to choose Scoot. But okay, Scoot can't shoot very well. There's just there's so many elements of it, and it's easy to say, yeah, we need to rebuild. Winning with Dame was done. It wasn't going to happen. All right, cool. Not every team rebuilds and rebuilds successfully, and that's kind of the point why rebuilding in Portland can be very, very difficult, and just seeing where they're at right now, it's, it's tough because injuries are derailing a lot of this, but... That's the gamble when you rebuild. You're already bad with the guys. Now they've gotten injured. Get ready for that Blazers 2028 playoff run, baby. Woo! 2028. That's <laughs> so far. That sounds... My daughter will almost be done with high school at that point. I could easily be a grandpa by then. <laughs> I, I'll probably <laughs> wow. have a kid by then. Yeah, I'll four be a years. dad. You're going to be a grandpa in four years. Eh, yeah, could... He'll be 27. Hey, it yeah, happen. it is right in there on that age, isn't it? Yeah. Damn, I didn't. God, Lee, that makes me feel old because I met him when he was just like a little youngster in high school. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's. Uh, I I like. I'm still watching every night. I'm still trying to personally see how I feel about this stuff, and sometimes it's day to day. But 
I, I think it's okay to highlight how dangerous and risky this stuff can also be. You want it to end well. It doesn't always end well. And that's the part of the rebuild that's difficult. We got a lot to get into. Talia Von Oafen will join us at 730. Uh, coming up next, Dirt and Sprague. It is 715. Back with more on The Fan. Talia Von Oafen will join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. A quick heads up. Text the word FUNK, F-U-N-K, to 503-864-6326 now to enter your chance to win tickets to the Parliament Funkadelic featuring George Clinton at Crystal Ballroom June 14th. Uh, you can head to 1080thefan.com for complete details, but text the word FUNK to 503-864-6326. You can get uh, get down, get boogie, do some mushrooms and acid with Jason Swigart on June 14th. He's going to be there. Unfortunately, I will be uh, at the Hops. Hops have a game that night. Ah, you can't LSD skip a game to go see George Clinton. I've got to skip some other ones for vacation, so I can't. How uh, dare you? I can't. How just, dare you disrespect uh, George Clinton on Barley and uh, and KL and the crew? I'm disappointed, and I wanted to see you out there Look, with uh, nobody, your Rasta Masta hat uh, and yeah, having a good time. Nobody. Yeah. Right. Uh, interesting one here. I. <laughs> Look, I uh, this conversation is always. Some people are like, "Oh, yeah, the Blazers still suck." Breaking news. Yeah, I know. I I'm shocking. <laughs> Winless in February. Well, Deal asked an interesting question at the Vancouver Ford text line at five zero three eight six four six three two six. Since nineteen ninety four, so keep that in mind. Ninety four. Would you rather be the Orlando Magic or the Portland Trail Blazers? If you're a fan of a team. Where are you at on that? Now, I did say, I think I'd choose Magic. They got to a finals uh, in 95. Yeah, they got swept by Akeem. But they had Shaq and Penny, and, and that was fun, and then it ended. And then then they ended up getting Dwight a few years down the road. And then, they, no. what, they went to a final? What do you mean? No, they went to a finals and pushed it to six against Kobe. Yeah. Hey, why are you mad? Since 94, I you know how many finals the Blazers have been in? Dan Dwight Howard. They, okay. Uh, that would Should have re-signed Shaq, man. Uh, well. That would be none. Okay, thank you. Uh, so you can hate Dwight Howard all you want. He's, I, I still think he should have been in the top 75 players because at his peak prime, like three-time defensive player of the year, unbelievable. And then they sucked for a while, and now here they are again. Now, they're not a great team this year, but they're surging as a young team with the right pieces. Having a Paolo Banquero, a Wagner, you know, a Suggs, like having all of these things, they, they may have righted the ship a little bit and get back into winning and competing. You also have to acknowledge you missed the late Blazers 90s, early 2000s team. That was fun. And then it, boy, that boiled up. Should have got to a final. B Roy Aldridge runs, yep. right? Some memorable moments. And on, then the Dame Lillard. Decade. Couldn't win a first round matchup in that run. And then you get Dame Lillard with LA. That ends. And then it's Dame CJ. And so, like, there were some fun moments there with the West Finals yeah. appearance. Yeah, you miss out on memories. But I, I, I want this team to win a title. I, 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 I've always held on to a lyric by JC years ago. Where he said, moral victories are for minor league coaches. Exactly mm-hmm. how I view pro sports. I understand sometimes you got to restart or you got to change directions. I don't want to wait six, six, seven years to win again. I, I, I want to win. I want to watch the team win. Now, that doesn't mean be a first round team and get out, but there are other teams in sports that they're just aggressive, they're hyper aggressive, they'll do what they can to win and win now. And so that's kind of where I reside. I understand where they're at. Again, injuries have derailed most of what this year is, but who knows where they're going from here. I hope that they can hit right on the draft pick 
And I hope Shaden can play more than 30 games next hope year. Hope in one hand, spit in the other. Tell me which one fills up faster there, Sprague. This is literally where we are as Blazers My fans. hand is full of hope here, Schultze. <laughs> I have to use two hands with all my hope. I'm How much does hope that hope high. weigh? Every time I watch this team get blown out God. or lose or lose a lead... I'm sitting on my couch eating hope pie. Yeah, yeah, that's what the Blazers have been feeding us for the last 15 years is hope pie. And I guess for that reason, I'd probably rather be an Orlando Magic fan. And and if you're asking in the context of like, well, in 94 and now, yeah, the Magic are better. But throughout that time, the Blazers have almost gotten there. We can talk about that frustration, but they have. They've been closer, I would say, outside of the 94 finals. They were very close at least a couple of times. And, and they were never getting there in 2017 with Dame or 2018 with Dame in the Western conference finals they just they could not get over the golden state warriors but overall they have had a much more talented team and i think that kind of leads into more of the frustration that blazers fans are dealing with it's like why are we so bad why are we here why don't we have a palo benchero to pair with dame what the hell happened i'm sometimes it's luck i mean yeah. they they were this was the worst thing local scribe ben goliver could have reported out from the draft lottery process and I I he did his job I'm not actually calling him out but the worst thing that we had from him was that he said we were one ball away <sighs> one number away from having Victor Wimbanyama and at that point you keep Dame yep because you got Wimby and Dame and like that's that's what's happened it's not there are obviously other things management uh you know it's changed the last couple years and the previous management, nobody liked that guy, and coaching has been polarizing even now, and then with Stotts, and you know before that, what have you. But it's also just incredibly bad luck. I highlighted yesterday, Schultze, how we always get the the sibling of the lesser name, yep. Seth Curry, not Steph. Yeah, Chris Murray, not Keegan. Not Keegan. Yeah. Uh, you know, Harvey, not Horace. Robin it Lopez, just, not Brooke. Right. It's just we, <laughs> that's that. In a nutshell, that it's not. There's a lot of other things. But also just luck sometimes in the NBA has to go your way, and it hasn't. And injuries have obviously uh, played a big part. They're not going to win a lot of games. I will be. I will actually be surprised if they win 20 games this year. I think they're in that 15 to 19, and they're at 15 now. I will be stunned. Not stunned. I'll be a little surprised if they win more than five more games. I'd put money on that. Let, 20 games or less. I think the, there's a 22 and a half game bet right now. I, I don't know what the money line is on that. The over under was at 27 and a half, 28 when the season started. Uh, yeah, now it's down to 22 yeah. and a half. I think I'd still bet that under. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, people texting in uh, things that we made mistakes on. Zach Collins instead of Bam. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, the Nolan Smith instead of Jimmy Buckets, also instead of Kenneth Fareed after they promised to draft <laughs> Kenneth Fareed. Yeah. God! I was mad about that in the moment. Kenneth Free wasn't that great. He was good for six years. Six years? Yes. And then, uh, then the NBA the changed. Manimal. I think he was good for like two or three. Yeah, power forwards were still good at that point. Now wrong. they're just stretch fours, and he doesn't matter. Uh, we will get into uh, some NFL draft combine stuff, but coming up next to Leavon Ohoffen, guard for your Oregon State women's basketball team. they got a big game tomorrow against Stanford. We'll talk with Leavon Ohoffen for the Daily Ticker. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Swag, I don't know how this is going to go. I got to be honest with you, I'm a little nervous. Our guest, Talia Von Ohlhofen, stud player for Oregon State women's basketball is hopping on with us and I'm nervous because the last time I had a player on from this team I was pretty jacked me and my family went to their UCLA game but the last player I had on was Reagan Beers she was jacked for those games against UCLA and USC we were four rows behind the hoop where it happened my seven-year-old watched an elbow land on Reagan Beers's nose broke her nose and I felt just, I, I don't know why, I felt responsible. So, Talia, I, I'm a little nervous here that you coming on the show might be a bad omen, but you guys did end up winning the game, thanks in large part to your shot-making abilities in the final four seconds. Yeah, yeah, hopefully everything goes well this weekend. Uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. How's the season going for you? It has been really fun. Uh, we got a great, great group, and we've done some pretty cool thing so far so just looking forward to finishing up the Pac-12 this weekend and then heading to the tournament what have you uh what have you learned you've you've been in Oregon State what have you learned from when you got there to this point this season's long you guys start basketball in like late October you get games going in November and December and now it's it's almost March the mental side of going through a season has you've learned what about that so far in your career yeah, um, it's just it's a really long season. I mean, we have one of the longest seasons in, in all sports. Um, so what we have to do is not easy. So I think just coming in every day with the right mindset and, and talking to yourself and just finding all the little things that, that work for you and allow you to um, be at your best every day and, and stay consistent. Um, I wouldn't say it's any one thing, just, just figuring out how to um, stay consistent in your mindset and leadership and how you're how you're approaching every day I think I think is the the key part well Reagan does pottery I think your guys's day off if I'm if I have this wrong then correct me but I think Reagan told me she does pottery on Mondays what do you do on your day off to mentally get away and unplug from it for just a few hours a week yeah um I have a couple a couple of my best friends um one's our manager and then um one's just a regular student at Oregon State so I I hang out with them a lot just to kind of kind of get away from basketball and and all of that. So it's definitely good to have people or things outside of outside of sport that you can kind of use to to escape for that day. Um, but yeah, usually just hanging out with them, doing different things. Talia von Olhoff and our guest here, Oregon State has Stanford coming to town. Now you guys you played them a few weeks ago, and obviously that didn't go your way. And I I know this might sound like a dumb question. If it is, throw it right back at me, but. 
you lose. Obviously, you don't want to lose, and it just so happens to be the game that their coach sets the all-time wins record, like weirdly attached to history in a way that you don't want to be. Yeah, I think um, playing at Stanford, regardless of, of the situation, is really tough. Um, and, then, and then you add, you know, the weight of that game and, and what it meant for history and, and how bad, you know, their team wanted that win. Um, and it, it made it pretty tough for us. Um, their point guard played a great game. Uh, one of their bigs had a career night, um, which is what it took to beat us. So um, they definitely just outplayed us that game. But I think we came back. Um, learning from it and had a few weaknesses exposed um, early in the season that we were able to address, and I think it only made us better. So I'm I'm excited for the second go-around. I said uh, we were at that UCLA game, and I, I said on the show that it, it's probably one of the greatest moments I've ever seen in Gil Coliseum. I just To have, what, four lead changes in the final eight seconds of a game like that, and I know that was a couple weeks ago for you at this point, and you've moved on, but to have a moment like that, not every player gets even one of those ever in a college career. I, you had USC a couple days later, and that was your guys' first game, really, without Reagan for the full thing. But, you know, how long do you kind of sit in what that moment was for you against UCLA? Um, I think I took I took that night for sure to kind of relish in it. But then, like you said, we had USC coming in Sunday, and uh, in this conference you can't, you can't relax, you can't blink, so it was kind of on to the next, but it was definitely super cool to have a moment like that in, in a pack to Gill. Um, it was surreal, and obviously looking back at the last couple of minutes, it was you know one of the most insane basketball games ever, so um, it was definitely cool to be a part of that and, and to see all the, all the recaps of it and all the videos and the reactions, I think, were my favorite part, so that was really cool, and um, you know, it's just, it's not, it doesn't hold as much weight as people think, um, just that one game, but it's definitely going to be something that's cool to look back on in the future. Talia Von Olhoffen, our guest here, Oregon State, getting ready for Stanford tomorrow. Big game for them as they fell to Stanford on the farm a couple weeks ago looking for some payback. Now, you guys have been out one of your best players. What have you, what have you noticed about your team? I know you guys have lost two of your last three here. To me, has played pretty well. What have you noticed, though, about your team and areas that you guys are looking to shore up? I don't know if Reagan's going to play. I guess I could ask you that, too, if you know she's going to play against Stanford or where she's at timeline-wise. But what have you learned about your team just in the last three games, having to kind of play without somebody like that? Yeah, um, we're hopeful that she can play this weekend. I'm not 100% sure. But I think, yeah, it's definitely been a learning experience um i think that first game without her we got we got killed on the board so that was something we had to adjust to and then we went to pullman um and did great rebounding so um i think it's helping us clean up some weaknesses and, and we're only going to be stronger when she gets back um but just been working on you know screens reagan's a great screener so um that's something we've kind of had to adjust to and obviously she can get really deep position so um just countering you know not having her presence in there um, has been a challenge, but I think I think it's only going to be good for us in the end, and and we're growing every day in those areas. So, um, hope to have her back soon. But I think I think it's only going to benefit us um, once we have her back. Who do you hear more from about maybe a game that you play or a season and the way it's going? Who do you hear more from? Your sisters, your mom, or your dad? Because you have quite the athletic pedigree background in your family. I'm curious who's the one 
chiming in the most, texting you the most, maybe calling you to talk about something they saw that you did or didn't do? Who is it in your family the most that's talking to you about the way things are going in your season? Um, I would say probably my mom, but I think overall at this point they're kind of more just just fans and supporters um, and don't, don't talk too much about, you know, the X's and O's and all that. Um, kind of just in my corner whenever I need them, I would say. But um, it probably, probably my mom I talk to the most. And what does she tell you when she watches you play? Um, it, it depends on the game, I think. Um, it's definitely, you know, less critical than, than growing up. And in high school, I think she's kind of taking a step back at this point. And it's more just positive and encouraging. Um, and she comes to all the games. So she just, she loves it and loves to watch. And, and my grandparents come too. So it's just really cool to always have them there. Women's basketball having a moment right now. The, uh, the, gr- the game is growing a lot. The tournament, we got a tournament up here in Portland this year. You guys have a great resume. I don't, I don't know how all that stuff's going to shake out, where you're going to go. You still have a conference tournament. You still have some games in the regular season, so I don't want to get too far ahead, but it feels like the anticipation of, of women's basketball, college basketball this year, the fervor has never been higher. you got great players that get a lot of notoriety, and then you have great teams like you guys who are just tough. You, you, you know, you, you're pretty complete. Your perimeter game's locked down. If Reagan comes back, you got it locked down on the inside. Just how you're feeling about where college basketball is for women and the excitement of the tournament that's looming now that the month of March is right around the corner. Yeah, it's super cool to see, and I think there's been more parity this year than ever. Um, so super good for the game, for sure. Um, but I think it's nothing new. I think we've just turned more heads, and, and social media has, has helped the game grow. But you know, it's it's the same thing that it always has been. So I'm just I'm happy that people are are taking notice, and we'll continue to give them to give them something to watch, give them something entertaining. Uh, I would be an idiot if I didn't ask you this before I let you go, Talia, because I appreciate the time. I know it's really early. Maybe not so much for you, but a lot of your teammates would probably say this is a bit early to be talking about anything. Uh, <laughs> we're trying to currently buy your jersey, and there's last we checked, they were sold out online. We could only find shirts. Who do you? Who do I need to talk to to get you to talk to somebody to restock the jersey? We want a Von a Von Olhoffen jersey in our house. We can't find one right now. I don't, that's a good question. I don't know. I know they got the the shirts with my jersey on them. Uh, I don't. I honestly, I don't even have one. I've never seen a jersey of mine for sale. So. I'm not sure who to talk to about that, um, but that's, we definitely definitely need to get you one. It's NIL. It's this NIL period. This is time for you to go talk to somebody. Like, yo, get this money right. What are we doing here? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm locked in. Maybe maybe in the off season I'll deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good luck against Stanford, and thanks for hopping on with us this morning. We appreciate the time. Good luck the rest of the way, and we look forward to seeing if you guys turn this around a little bit. I know you guys are on a skid, but. You're a great team, and I'm sure you'll do well. So thanks for hopping on with us this morning. All right, thank you. Yep, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, there we go. Talia Von Olhoff in Oregon State women's basketball. Uh, I would categorize her as probably pissed right now. They've lost two or three, but they also haven't had their best post player. She's been knocked out with a broken nose. Tamia Gardner's been really good for him. But Stanford comes to town. It's always a massive game, given Stanford and all of their history. This is definitely the time to to start to if you're not quite the, you know, college basketball fan like normally get into it. Now. This is when you dive this in, This is right? when you yes. got to get into it. So this Can is Can they the... take down Cameron Brink, who's from Oregon? <sighs> well, mm. you know, I I've, I've said this before and I'm 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 like legitimately serious here. The women's tournament is going to be better than the men's. 
The I think w- I women's basketball has more household brand names. It's got than more men's juice. Basketball. Yes, the men are one and dones. Sometimes they're players that just don't really care to do all that much. The women tend to stick when they do transfer. They tend to stay put where they transfer. It's not yeah. constant revolving doors. Yes, they're able to build some brands. Uh, NFL Combine Chatter. Let's start diving into that a little bit. Some uh, newsmakers are giving thoughts on what's going on. At the top of the hour, a player in the NFL that you know the name, and I think it's a massive story that's not getting enough coverage. And I'll tell you why at the top of the hour. We got Statter Story and John Keim at 8.30 of ESPN. All that is ahead. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. It's crunch time. Let's go! Where Dirt and Sprague crunch the hot topics you want to hear. What's the pressure? Don't sit here and act like there's no... We get nervous teeing off in front of a gallery on the 10th hole at East Moreland. Crunch time. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness. With memberships as low as $9.99 per month. Find your crunch time in Portland, Vancouver, and online at crunch.com. Our thanks again to Talia Von Olhoffen, Oregon State Women's Hoops. Uh, we will get to status story. John Kime covering Washington for ESPN. The commander's on the clock at number two. Get his thoughts on Merrill Hodge saying Drake May sucks. Not even a first-round or second-round guy. He's a third-round grade for Merrill Hodge. Not athletic enough, apparently. Uh, no, throwing motion's awful. So we'll pick his brain. I want to kind of go through the top five teams. Chicago talked yesterday at the Combine basically said what they want to do, but they can't fully say it, you know? It was one of those, like, well, we'll see what happens with Justin. If we'll try to take care of him, if that happens, like, ah, I know what you're going to do. Come on. Uh, so we'll get to that coming up uh, in the second, or the final hour of the show. But, uh, and oh, an NFL name that you know, really good player, not getting enough attention for this reason in the NFL. And I'll tell you who that is at the top of the hour. Uh, we have some combine stuff to get to. We got some Justin Herbert audio. Justin Herbert was on the Trey Wingo Chase Daniels podcast. Chasing it is what the podcast is called. A random one, but are you a listener of the Chase Daniel Trey Wingo pod? I, I am not, but podcasts are like a holes. Everybody has one. That's so. very true. Yeah. Uh, and they got this one. This was Justin Herbert. Uh, his reaction to getting Jim Harbaugh as his new coach. Yeah, fired up. He's done such a, a great job at the NFL level, college level. He's, he's had success wherever he goes. And, you know, he's a competitor. He wants to win. And you know, I'm, I'm really excited for him. What were your first conversations with him? Yeah, I'm just talking about the offense, his vision for what the team looks like, offense, defense. From the, the times that I have talked to him, he, he seems like a competitor. He just wants to win. And that's definitely a guy you want to play for. When did we start doing music in audio cuts? I don't know. It was uh, Club Chasing It, apparently. Uh, yeah, uh, it's probably their Twitter account sent that out Something and that like cut that. went viral. What are we chasing in that? that? That's what I'm curious. What are we chasing in that uh, podcast? You're chasing the franchise quarterback. There if you, you get go. one, you, you, you've succeeded. <laughs> chasing the dragon, baby. Yeah. Chasing the dragon. You're damn right you do. That's why it's Will Ferrell's tattoo on his back. He's got a tattoo of, of every animal, of woman that he's... <laughs> Had sex with that's what you're doing if you're an NFL GM. Uh, I've, I said this when they hired Harbaugh, and I'm going to repeat it because you're a diehard Charger fan now, Swag. By the way, Stephen Jones wants you to know their culture, everything in Dallas is fantastic. Culture's great. The right <laughs> leaders are on the team. Can they keep giving statements by Stephen Jones instead of Jerry? He <laughs> sounds a little bit more put together than his old daddy. I think he's going to. There's a real stench that Steven becomes a little bit of Jerry, and I used to think that too, and then I've seen how they've been operating. Uh, 
I think he thinks Harbaugh is a weirdo, and he can't say it because it's his coach, but nothing strikes me as normal with Jim Harbaugh. And for Justin Herbert, who's from Eugene, Oregon, a Jim Harbaugh is an interesting experience, I would imagine. You think that, I mean, he, Jim Harbaugh's a little bit on the spectrum, right? He's obviously a tiny bit autistic. Is he football autistic? <laughs> like he only operates in the world but of I think, football? Probably. But I think as a former NFL quarterback, I think if he goes into Jim's office and they talk yeah. offensive scheme, they will both nerd yes. out like nobody's business. I the, tend to agree. The off-the-field yeah. stuff and his quirkiness and whatever, that's all fine and dandy. But when they're in the QB room putting a script in the first 15 plays they're probably two peas in a pod yeah herbert's a football guy and as far as like trying to develop a quarterback it's obviously the best hire you could have made in this cycle because of all that experience and herbert working with two different defense well sorry one running back space coach and then one defensive coach in his career so far there's no way that you're going to get that connection as a rookie that you need this is a much better situation for herbie as we continue to go down the draft will happen then it'll be a low spot, and then it's camp, right? I'll be curious to see Greg Roman and Jim Harbaugh have are together again. Yeah, I can tell you firsthand, I watched those Niners teams closely. It ain't a quarterback-driven offense. And ask Lamar Jackson, it's we're going to run, and we're not going to develop a passing game the same as other places. That's not Herbert to me. And so we'll have to see how all of this evolves and develops. Uh, We had Mike McDonald, the new coach of the Seattle Seahawks. He's probably in Indy now, but he sat down with Fox 13 in Seattle, and he was asked about his quarterback spot. This is what he had to say. Yeah, that's a tough question, and it's one that I probably can't answer right now. But, um, you know, we're doing a lot of work on those guys, and I've had conversations just to get to know them and just to understand who they are as people and their background and you know you know goals and what their family's like and where they're from you know I didn't know anything about them you know coming into this whole thing so right now we're in the phase of figuring out who they are and obviously you know one or two or both you know would fit into our plans moving forward but um you know right now we probably don't have that answer for you Schneider pretty you know uncommitted to Gino yesterday said yeah we'll see what we'll see what happens and does it smell like they're getting rid of Geno, or does this smell like drafting a quarterback and letting Geno go one more year? What does I, it smell I, like to you right now? I, I think it smells like trying to find another Russell Wilson in the second or third round. A little Russ. Oh. Early Russ? Yeah, I smell Mr. Yeah. Early Russ. Early Baby Unlimited? Yes. Okay. I guess nano he was bubbles. Baby Limited nano at that bubbles, point. Russ. Oh, Nano Bubbles. Yeah, wait. Yeah, wind's blowing that way. Yeah. Feels like it could be going that way. Yeah, this situation that the Seahawks are in right now. No, it's no. What? What's it smell like, oh. Schultze? It smells like smells like a second or third round quarterback. Because oh, because a delightful scent. It is because the Seahawks, in general, I feel like have a delightful scent coming from their organization. The mm. reason being, John Schneider is a great GM in that he puts contingency plans into place. So two or three years down the road, they're not totally screwed like the New England Patriots are right now. Now, Geno Smith kind of on the fence, at least with keeping him or not. At least he offers stability at that position. And it allows Coach McDonald to come in and you know, all right, I'm going to look at here, see what I got. I'd be comfortable going forward with him, a playoff appearance, two nine and eight seasons. He's the stability option. But is he the take you over the top option? No. And I think that's obvious in not only his contract, but the comments that we just heard from Coach. So, if you guys are saying second, third round, who is that? Because after the f- 
four or five guys you name, you kind of start going Spencer Rattler. Well, where does Penix fall? So is Penix a real play for you because of Grub? Or is that just we're connecting the Seattle dots too much? uh, Because I think sometimes we do do that. Certainly he understands him and knows how to... He's going to know the offense. Like He's going to come in and know the offense instantly. Certainly... That helps. I don't know that I simply because they got grub that that's a no brainer and you have to have Penix fall. Mm-hmm. You never know if he goes. I mean, if he dazzles people at the combine and all throwing. the medical information mm-hmm. uh, gives people more confidence that there's not something that is going to be lingering and constant in an NFL career, mm. uh, then. If somebody falls in love with them at the end of the first round, you never know. But if he's there in the second round and the Seahawks got somebody in the first round that they wanted, I assume at a, a defensive lineman. Needed, yeah, defensive lineman. I could totally see him taking Penix. Uh, somebody asking this Does it smell like Bo to Seattle? Let's all lean in. Let's. I don't think Bo gets out of the first round. Yeah, I don't think they can pull that And out. I don't think the really? Seahawks are taking a quarterback in the first round unless they Not make where a deal at. to give them multiple. Like, if they come back in at the end of the first round because Bo's falling and mm-hmm. they like, oh, we can get him at 28 or something if we trade up, let's go. Yeah, because of the situation they're in, I feel like it's more comfortable for Schneider to be like, ah, look at Michael Pratt maybe. You know, Milton, who actually started overhanded hooker, you know, before he went down Milton's with injury. Terrible. Yeah, Come but, on, he's but terrible. I hear you, but these are the level that the, the if you're talking second, third, fourth round, like what, Sam Hartman? Then those, not a bad guy from Notre Dame. Not great, yeah. but that's what you're looking at. And maybe a Hartman, like, I mean, it was kind of the year of the random quarterback, right? Brock Sparty being Mr. Irrelevant, getting to a Super Bowl, but I don't know, man. I, I, God, it's such a crapshoot because it falls off fast. It does. Spencer Rattler's there. I think the biggest wild card is uh, the Tulane quarterback. Like he put up stupid numbers, but it was at Tulane. So how real are those? I don't know. (laughs) You know the hard part about this. They don't know. Well, and Hart- if they don't know. I sure as hell don't Hartman know. Hartman was at Wake Forest and was successful was before fantastic. he transferred to Notre yes. Dame. So I feel like sneaky good name, eh, third, fourth round guy. Like go for Hartman. Is Why Hartman- not give him a shot? But let me ask you. We'll go to this, the final hour. Is Hartman going to feel like a real future quarterback prospect, or are you going to view him as like uh, as a Seahawks fan? Would you go? Yeah, maybe, but not very committed to it. Like, how would you view that? Because I think it'd be the latter, unless they're just third round draft pick on a quarterback. That's our guy. It's hard to find guys at that point, but that's our guy. I mean, you're asking me this, and I've got the opinion that they shouldn't have drafted a defensive guy last year and just taken Richardson and moved on from Geno Smith, but now they're in the Witherspoon position. Witherspoon was really good, though. He is, but they're looking at less talented quarterbacks, as you're saying, for the future now. But, but they, ha- they, they hired the best defensive coach on the market, yep. right? According to most. I know Dan Quinn got hired, but Mac, Mike McDonald was looked at very you know, with a lot of uh, optimism. If you can go load up on defensive line, get an actual pass rush that isn't just Nawosu, you've got Witherspoon, Reek Woolen. They, they've got you know they've got some parts. It's not that far to say Seattle's defense could be a top what unit next year based on just their coach. I mean, at least top ten. It's just because of the well. If you got a top ten defense in the NFL, you're going to be in a conversation. It doesn't mean you win a Super Bowl. And then you get to that point, like sometimes team building isn't, it's not the NBA. It's not, we got to suck for two years and wait for the quarterback. It's, we're going to be good. And we're going to be good with this guy that you don't really believe in until we can find truly the next guy, whether that's a Hartman 
or a Penix or a Bo Nix. I tend to believe Nix will also get taken in the first round. If Penix falls to you, I mean, that's kind of a fun story if you're a Husky Seahawk fan. I don't know if it's going to succeed because the NFL's not college. You but... take it because of the storyline, absolutely. Yeah, and he's going to come in and not have to go, oh, i got to study the playbook super hard. He's going to, but he's already going to have an idea of what the general concepts are of the offense. So we'll see. Seattle seems very on the fence on Geno, but it's also smokescreen season, so it's hard to believe these guys. Loaded final hour, statter story around the corner. John Keim covering the Commanders. What are they going to do at number two if Caleb goes off the board? But we start the final hour with this name in the NFL, with this team. You know him, and it needs to be covered more what's happening because it's pretty interesting when you think about the landscape of the National Football League. Final hour of the show, Dirt and Sprague on the fan. Uh, I was just uh, walking by your uh, your room, and, uh, and you, you know, I was thinking, uh, boy, it's been a long time since we've had the little father-son uh, uh, chat. This is Dirt and Sprague. I, uh, I bought some magazines. Do you want to just flip to the uh, center section? Well, this is the this is the uh, female form. Andy Dirt Johnson. This is Hustler, and this is a much more exotic magazine. Look at the expression on her face. You see that? See what she's doing? She's kind of looking right into your eyes, saying, "Hey, big boy. Hey, how you doing? You see?" Right. And Brendan Sprague. Shave is a magazine I'm not too familiar with, but again. Uh, if you flip to the center mm. section, well, you see the detail that uh, that they go into in this picture mm-hmm. here. Yeah. It, it almost looks like a, a tropical plant or some underwater yeah. thing. Dirt and spray gone 1080. Okay, that uh, that was good. Yeah. With dinner. Uh, yeah, I'll see you at dinner. The fan. All right, welcome back in. Final hour. Man, that was a six minute open. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Crazy. Dirt doesn't know how to cut those things down, does he? Basically, put a whole movie in that open. Definitely wasn't my fault that we're this late. Funny's funny. Somebody made a good point of the Vancouver Ford text line. Herbert used to tutor kids in college. You don't think he encountered weirdos? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Touche. Fair. Let me explain this to you. Oh, okay. Not pay attention. Uh, we got Statter Story around the corner. We've got John Kime covers the DC commies. Kind of ironic to say that. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but we'll we'll get to where he thinks they're going to go with that pick. Number two on the clock. Caleb, assuming you go. Number one. Is it as simple as it's Drake May? Uh, how much is Jaden Daniels going to sneak up on people? I want to start the final hour with this. I was thinking about this yesterday. I saw that story, and I didn't get to it on yesterday's show, that the report was Legereus Sneed, the star cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. He is going to be tagged. And interesting little nugget to it, he can be tagged with the intent to trade. Now, they've they've both talked about this. They agreed to it. They're hoping to lock down a long-term deal here. LeJerry Sneed basically said on a podcast, pay me my money. He was asked, what would you say to the chief GM? And he said, pay me. Pretty simple. He is a stud young DB. And I, what I find interesting about this, and I don't think it's getting nearly enough coverage because, well, Stephen A has to debate who's the scarier looking team, the Nuggets or the Celtics. I mean, come on. How do you debate anything else today? I think this is a massive story. And I don't think it's getting near the attention. Schultze, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year. Mahomes is great, right? Kelsey, in his down year, had almost 100 catches. Yeah, and without 
Shiree Kill without a, a, a good uh, Canarius Tony because he screwed it up for you three they times. They released this year. Marquez yeah. Valdez Scantling today. Like, yeah. a guy they brought in thinking he was going to help carry them at receiver. Ended Bye-bye. up being Rashi Rice instead. Well, yeah, Rashi Rice was a great pickup for them, and they've saved $12 million in cap money by cutting Valdez Scantling. What I find interesting about this and why it's such a big story is that team was driven by defense mm-hmm. this year. It was the everybody that watched any NFL football, which was everybody out there, knew Kansas City primarily succeeded this year because of their defense. Yeah. Even in the Super Bowl, Mahomes makes the play. Sure, the defense, I thought, won them that game. They came up with big stops and, and key moments. They didn't allow points off turnovers in a way that could have hurt them and lost a Super Bowl. He is a lockdown corner. He is very highly regarded. This is kind of where things can get dicey for teams like the Chiefs, who have to pay a ton of money to Mahomes, and they have to operate on this cap line, right, where it's, do we sign this receiver or do we move on? Now, you go look at their their defense. I want to say I read seven of their 11 are like recent draft picks, so they are knocking their draft picks out of the ballpark. They're succeeding in every way. If you're going to hurt Kansas City and you want to make them vulnerable, it doesn't mean you stop them, doesn't mean you win. I think it's these stories, these stories that don't get the attention, they don't get the headlines, they don't get the lead, because everybody's, it's sexy to talk about offense. Yeah, Flashy, speedy wide receiver, stud running back, all-time tied in, quarterback. Like, those are sexy to talk about. It's not sexy to debate cornerback. But everybody that's covering the draft is telling you time and time again, Schultze, cornerback, cornerback, cornerback. It's it's the most, it's one of the most, if not the most coveted position in this draft. I think this is a massive story, guys. And if I'm the rest of the league and I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, I'm almost getting on a text string saying, all right, who's going to step up, overpay Sneed, make Kansas City feel too uncomfortable and walk away? Uh, Sprague, do you play in an IDP fantasy league by chance? I don't know what IDP is. <laughs> IDP is individual defensive player league. So you uh, can no pick idea, teams no. by the defensive players. Okay. Like they, they do what they do on offense, but you can pick defensive Okay, teams. I have no like idea. Sneed, I don't like do fantasy Jones. football. Okay. <laughs> the way that you're talking about this, I agree, but you are, you are staunchly on the defensive side of things. I love it. But it makes me laugh. However, then you look at the stats. The Chiefs were the second best defense in all of football this year. I, yes. I mean, in the playoffs, essentially got even better. They were under 300 yards per game. Um giving up yards for the entire season. And without those two guys, you talk about this being a storyline. How do you hurt the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, you got to go get Steve. You got to go get Jones from them. You take these young picks that they've turned into, you know, great star players, and you snag them away because if they keep hitting, it's kind of like the Seahawks, but without the quarterback, right? Without the outstanding, you know, game-changing talent like Russell Wilson was, essentially, you got offensive weapons and a really good defense. So now and they the- never really recovered on the Seattle Seahawks. No. Front. That's a good one because the Legion of Boom carries that early. Yeah, Russ becomes really great, but they don't win anything after yeah. that because you didn't you didn't find the right guys to replace those Legion of Boom guys. Yeah, right. You Earl Thomas off on a cart with a middle finger to Pete exactly. Carroll. You didn't pay me what I wanted. Richard Sherman eventually he gets hurt. He's gone. Like that's the thing about Kansas City. They're always going to be in it with Mahomes. We all know that. You want to hurt Kansas City? You want to stop this dynasty run? They're maybe the f- well, favorite for most people, I think, to three-peat. Go get these guys. Yeah, go give Chris Jones a stupid amount of money. And look, other teams have to operate within their own space, too. So teams aren't going to hurt themselves for just the sheer fact of, like, let's hurt Kansas City. But if you need these positions, 
it might be worth kicking around like, yo, what's a way to hurt Patrick Mahomes? Oh, yeah. We don't allow that defense to be as elite, as premier. Like, Spags is great. They locked him up long-term. It's one of the more underrated signings of the entire offseason is going to be that. You want to hurt him. That's where you hurt him. You take these key defensive studs, and you pluck them out of there, and you go, okay, keep replacing it. Because eventually, you're going to miss on those. You're not going to hit a home run with every defensive pick. They've done an exceptional job. But I, I think this is a massive thing that they're like both sides saying, if we don't get an agreement, we'll tag you with the agreed upon idea that we'll trade you. And I'll be curious to see if they get a deal done or if they don't get a deal done because he wants to go to a different team and that team's willing to pay him crazy money. Yeah, they won't be back in the Super Bowl without these guys next year. And, and I mean, even the, the, looking at the Seahawks' offensive pieces... You say that very confidently. They still have number 15. They're, well, they're better than what the Kansas City Chiefs' offensive pieces are, but Pat Mahomes with that defense is just unstoppable. So yeah. that's how you tear the Chiefs apart or put holes in their game is grab those really good guys. Much like the Patriots for 20 years, that's what the NFL's focused on now. How do we dismantle this run and try to give ourselves the best possible shot. Legereus Sneed going to be tagged reportedly with the idea that if they don't get in a long-term agreement, they will work on a trade for him. So we'll see. They're smart. They know what they're doing. But we'll see if other teams step up here and, and try to get in his ear. Uh, we've got John Kime at 8.30 coming up next. Statter Story on the fan. Crunch the numbers. There's 6,127 students at average, 58% of which are girls. So? So that's 7,107.32 boobs. <laughs> Break the news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Is it a stat or a story? Evidence based on olfactory prowess is inadmissible, in case you didn't know. This is Stat or Story, a monumental judgment Call with Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Come on, do math. The Fan. All right, I'm sure this statter story is going to suck. I'm sure it's like, statter story, the number is eight. How many home runs Otani's going to have in his first three games as a Dodger? Or is it a story? All hoops today. Oh, is it? I'll save Shohei for the actual start of the season. Yeah, I saw him homer yesterday. Well, he struck out and grounded into a double play. See, this is exactly why I hate you. He homers in his first at bat, and you're like, "Well, he also grounded out in third at bat." Yeah, it wasn't his first. Who cares? Struck out looking the first time. Oh, are you worried now? Your billion dollar boy, you worried? Well, I know how many strikeouts he's going to throw this year. Zero. God. (laughs) Uh, Your first number sixteen point four. Is it Max Struess's scoring average for the Cavs so far this season, or? Is it the diameter in yards of the largest pancake ever to be flipped as it is National Pancake Day? 16-yard pancake getting flipped. Uh, I'm going to say this is a stat, Bob. I'm going to go story. I don't think Struess is that high of an average at all. You are correct. 12.3 points per game for one Max Struess, even though he had 15 in about 75 seconds. He reverse dirted that. He had the right logic to it. Yes. That doesn't happen often. Yes. (laughs) Yep, 12.3 for Max Struess. As soon as you said, that's too many, I'm like, well, I'm going to get this right. (laughs) And then he pointed at you, I'm like, damn it. Bing! (laughs) He's having his best NBA scoring season in his fifth year in the league. Full court game winner last night. Who Full saw that Full court 60-foot game winner. What's he making, like buzzer. six mil? Not enough. The NBA doesn't pay their mediocre guys I, enough. I think they gave him a good deal. 
I don't know. Somewhere there is audio of me calling Max Four years, Struz 62. buckets for DePaul. I stand correct. He makes $15 million this year, 14 next year. Yeah, he'll make roughly around $14 million on the Get duration. Get that bag, Maxie. Good for there you. you. Go. Better to be a, uh, a sixth man shooting expert in the NBA or a left-handed reliever. Well, he works perfectly with the guys they want to close lineups with. Yeah. His ability to spot up and shoot. We'll see where they go in Cleveland. Not a lot of trust, but... Uh, uh, Today is National Pancake Day. In 1995, the largest pancake ever to be flipped was in Rochdale, United Kingdom, measured 16.4 yards across and wow. weighed feet three tons. So did they use one of those big construction things to flip it? What do you use to I want to know what that spatula looked like, quite frankly. You got to lift it up like it's it, you literally have like three cranes with like a massive structure under the the pancake thing. I I'm assuming that it is the same place that you cooked it is where you flipped it, right? I would imagine. Try I just googled biggest pancake flipped. I'm trying to see what they used. Yeah, 1995. Oh yeah, it was a full-on crane, so they attached multiple cranes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's amazing. The fact that they set this up. Some people have too much free time. Well, and too much it's money. It's the entire city of London. What are yeah. they doing this for? I don't know. I hope their taxpayer dollars were not spent on this. I hope some private donor put up all the money for I'll this. I'll give you a hot take. If you tell me $1.88 is taken from me and everybody else to, to flip the largest pancake, I don't care. I'd pay $1.88 <laughs> to do that. Get me the hell out of town. You showing up with your plate fork and some Hell yeah, <laughs> where's my Where's my $1.88 worth? This one tastes like grease <laughs> from that crane. Did they eat it? What do you do with it? Yeah, I would think so, yeah. If but it's just out in the open, if, like bird craps on it, mm, construction equipment's flipping it. Is it Take, edible? Just put some syrup on it. It'll be fine. <laughs> oh, there's bird poop <laughs> under that syrup. Yummy. What, is it a Wonka pancake? You just bring sure. your own syrup and then put yep. your face in the pancake and go. eat your way through Baruch it? Baruch salt. There yeah, you go. Yeah, there you it. go. Oh, your next number is four. All right. Is it the number of NBA players that were born on Leap Day in the history of the NBA? I'm not a dumb stab. Or is it the number of different categories of judging at this weekend's Oregon Chocolate Festival down in Ashland? Oregon has a chocolate festival. I mean, this is just the coin flip of coin flips. I, I, I'll go four judges on the chocolate competition. Uh, categories, categories of judging. Doesn't it feel like chocolate would be a little deeper than four? That I agree. There's ruby Kinda, chocolate. There's white chocolate. There's yeah, dark I'm, chocolate. I'm gonna there's go chocolate. Stat. Chocolate. That, yeah. Stat. I'm going. I'm going stat as well. Doubling down. Yes. Were we right though? Uh, yes. Hey, look at us. Uh, Logic. So, John Chaney in 1920, okay. born on Leap Day. Chucky Brown in 1968. Yes. You remember the great Vontigo Cummings? I loved Cummings. Uh, and your boy Tyrese Halliburton, born hey. on Leap Day in 2000. I should know this, but I don't. When you're born on a Leap Day, do you then celebrate it March 1st or the 28th? I think you choose. You I just think you choose? Get to choose. What do you choose? You think traditionally, more often? Uh, most people I know have celebrated on the twenty eighth because you were born in February, so your birthday is on the last day of February. Yeah, but, but the actual day is yeah, the first. It's, it's actually I, the first. I, I understand. <sighs> I think I choose the first. I want to kick off the whole month with me. Did you know? Ever know anybody growing up who had a leap day birthday? No, I didn't. But my niece, her birthday was yesterday, the twenty seventh. Uh, she was she was really close to being a, a leap year baby. 
Yep, I had one friend, one friend in high school mm. who was, uh, yeah, a leap day and I think I liked to make a big deal out of it when it came around. Uh, leap day. I don't know if I really care about it. Okay. Uh, the uh, Oregon Chocolate Festival going on this weekend in Ashland, uh, Friday through Sunday. There are five competition categories. Best Chocolate Confection. Okay. Best Bonbon. Mmm. Best chocolate beverage. Oh, hell yeah. Milk. Chocolate Best milk. Right chocolate there. tablet. There's both dark and milk chocolate. And then they have best inclusion and in flavored chocolate bar with a whole bunch of different. So there's like fruit ones, spices and herbs. Like so sea each salt, category yeah. has some different sort of whatevers. But five major categories. Uh, nuts and nibs. Yeah, you which, like nuts and nibs. I love nuts mm, and nibs. nibs. Put them all. The, put all the nibs in my mouth. The crunchy chocolate, like a Mr. Good bar. That, that's like Where that's the nuts. That, that's no. That's like the. It's not the nuts. That's like the crunchy part, like a Rice Krispie, essentially. No, nut. Mr. Good no, Bar Mr. has, Good a bar has peanuts. Oh, what, what's the one with uh, Mr. Crunch? Bar? You're thinking Sorry. Nestle uh, Crunch. Nestle Crunch. Crunch. Thank you. Yeah. That's, uh, Come on, man. Well, nuts on the brain, so, you know, just going right well, to the those, nut bar. Get those nuts out of your brain and start thinking here. <laughs> your final number is 150. 150. Is your it age. the number of points Caitlin Clark needs to pass Kelsey Plum for the most points in a single season by a Division I women's basketball player? I'm very confused. I... She career, she passed her. This is single season. Oh, season. Sorry. Yeah, single season. All right, all trying right. to stump you. Okay. Or is it the number of live bugs that were removed from a Florida man's nose and Ugh. sinus cavity last month? Oh, oh this is going to give me nightmares if there's video of it. <laughs> uh, I ain't looking that up. She's like 51 away from the all-time. Ooh. Can you fit 150 bugs, even if they're tiny, in your nose? I bet you could. Yeah, I guess people have big nose cavity. I got a big nose cavity. Um, and the story's out of Florida. Like, that, I feel like that's the key right stat. there. Stat. Story. Gross me out. Story. It is a story. Yeah, gross Caitlin me out. Caitlin Clark is 210 points behind Kelsey Plum mm. for the single season scoring record. God, I love Kelsey Plum. Uh, 1109, I believe. Yeah. Uh, let me double check that real quick. Like before I, go I think she's everybody. fifty-one points away from the all-time Lynette college Woodard. record. Uh, or is that yeah, Pete, Pete Maravich. Maravich? Yeah, she's fifty-one points away. But yeah, she's two hundred and ten. Oh, there it is. Come, Come on, give me the here. story. Give me the story. Uh, uh, Caitlin Clark, eleven oh nine. Kelsey yeah. Plum, the sixteen seventeen okay. season for the Huskies. This comes to us from Huffington Post. A Florida man breathing easier. One hundred fifty live bugs removed oh, from his nose. Uh, I guess he started having symptoms back in October, uh, but then recently his God. face was swelling up. Mm. It was on fire. Uh, his lips swelled. He could hardly talk. So he visited uh, Florida Memorial Hospital in Jacksonville. They went and looked inside with a camera. Dozens and dozens oh of bugs God. feeding on the nose and looking. sinus cavities. Oh, I'm not looking. Some as oh. big as the end of his pinky. Oh. And they were... <laughs> Uh, they were right up against his skull base, right under the mm. brain. Had they gone through, it would have killed him. Uh, but Dude. they said uh, they sent them all off to an epidemiologist oh. to determine the species. Still curious how they got there. They look uh, like but, little maggots, by the way. They oh, look like yeah, they tiny were in the little... in the uh, larvae oh, larvae yeah, stage. 
Um, and then, but said uh, he it stemmed from bad hygiene habits when handling dead fish. So he would fish and just wash his hands out in the river and oh, go he wouldn't about wash his, his hands with soap, bro. So now he's got he's got something that he takes along with him in the boat. Now, now I'm assuming the the hygiene habits like there's a lot of fishing in Florida and down Gross. down there in the Gulf. Like, uh, I'm how not gonna go, go there just you, because of that. Like, I mean, in October. Oh. I'm curious to find out what the heck these things are when they come back from the scientist lab. I'm bothered by this. I'm bothered by looking at these bugs and video cameras of his nose. How do you, how do you, how long did he live with this? Like, like how do you not? Four or five so months, apparently. That's so yeah. awful. Four months plus. I still get worried about a bug getting in my ear or my nose cavity oh, too. Yeah. Like even one. This makes me so uh, happy I live here and not there. Because there's just less bugs up here in the Pacific Northwest than there are down Man. in Florida. No, thank you. Uh, all right, great statter story there. Jordan Schultz, you went 3-0. and Hell yeah. How about that, brother? Uh, John Kime covers Washington. The commanders are on the clock at number two. Assuming Caleb goes one, who do they like? Where does he think this is going to go? Dan Quinn hired. We'll talk with him about the commander's pick coming up next. I thought it'd be fun with the combine here, Schultz, to go through some of the top five teams in the draft to get an early sneak peek at maybe what they're doing. Hell yeah. Uh, John Kime covering uh, the Washington Commanders on the clock at number two for ESPN. You can find him on Twitter at John underscore Kime. Also the podcast, the John Kime Report. Find it on YouTube, and he joins us now. Uh, John, thanks for the time. I know you're super busy, and most of the time, people, when they talk to you, are, hey, John, tell me, is is Washington's coach on a hot seat? I'm going to reverse it on you today, because now we're a B1G football program out here out west with Washington and Oregon. You went to the Ohio State University, so I want to ask, is Ryan Day on the hot seat to you? Oh, um... I know that he's on the hot seat. Well, let me say this. He has to win. They have to beat Michigan. Um, I think they will get it done this year. But um, I know the fan base is not thrilled. But I think when you step back and you have some perspective, and I think pretty much 99% of the college teams would trade places with what Ohio State has done over the last however many years. So, But the fan base is restless. There is zero doubt about that but um you know the other thing i wonder about too is whether he's on the hot seat from the uh, from the from the administration but you see all these college coaches leaving and because the nil and all these other things that are going on that you know do our coaches do they are they able to leave quicker before they're actually done with did that make sense yeah no it does i i think you're spot on personally with my view of it I also just heard what you said and laughed because in my head you said patience, and I'm like, have you followed college football? Because that is not the sport for patience, despite how good Ryan oh, Day has been. I don't think I, – I think they're out of patience with some of the stuff that's going on. I don't think – you know, but I, I do think that they've built a really strong – I mean, they have – the recruiting has been off the charts. Yeah. The staff is, is still really good. So that's why I say I think – Almost every college team would trade places with what they have right now. I do agree with that. Now, speaking of fan bases that are frustrated, Washington is definitely amongst the top of this because, John, for so many years, and yeah, they've had some playoff appearances, but largely have not been in the relevant conversation that they want to be A New regime here, they turn over everything, owner, GM, coach, offensive play caller, all of it. 
Uh, I, I read your article on ESPN.com. You made a, you've written a couple of these recently on the how they got to Dan Quinn, where they're at right now, based on what you heard Adam Peters say. There's a lot of talk about quarterback, John, whether that's Drake May or Jaden Daniels. We played a Merrill Hodge clip a couple days ago where he basically canned him. He says Drake May is not a good prospect whatsoever. You don't know for sure, but if you were to lean one way, would you lean either way on Jaden Daniels or Drake May, assuming Caleb goes one? It just depends on the day, to be honest, because I there are definitely days I'm going to lean Jaden Daniels, and there are some days where you think that Drake May. But, you know, think of – I mean, I think gun to your head, I, I would go back and forth. And today I would probably say Jaden Daniels. Um, I think each of those quarterbacks, well, here's a couple things to know. First of all, they've been looking for a quarterback for, for a long time. And they had Robert RG3, and he was a one-year flash for them, in part because of injuries and in part because of other factors, including his own. And then you had, you know, Kirk Cousins was there for a couple of years. They couldn't keep him. And, but by and large, this franchise has been searching for a guy for decades. So that's why they're going to take one. But now each of these guys has flaws. You know, Daniels, you worry about him getting crushed in the NFL because he's a bit reckless when he runs, but he throws a beautiful deep ball. He has the escapability that they like, and, and he seems to be appear tough. And I think I would put that with May as well. May is a lot, it was a lot more inconsistent last year than Daniels, and I think, you know, could that be the difference? So, but I, I think clearly they're, they're going to take one of those guys. You cannot do anything but take a quarterback if you're at number two. Now, speaking of the quarterback conversation, you bring up Caleb Williams. Now, I, I saw that Adam Peters is not really committal on whether or not they're going to trade up for him yet, but <clears throat> do you have a sense if the commanders are super interested in doing that, like which way they're leaning, and if so, how much does Washington have a give up? Because, I don't know, going from two to one seems like you'd have to give up a little bit less than in years past for a number one draft pick. Well, yes, except that if the quarterback is this good, then others will want to move up as well. So I think you'd have if, – if the Bears say, hey, the pick's for sale, then you're going to get other teams involved. So that takes the price up. So when you're trading up for a quarterback, it's just different. And so you're still going to have to probably give up multiple number one picks and probably you know a couple other high picks this year to go up that one spot. This is a team that wants to build through the draft. So you people have to understand that. Like when so when I say that, it's because like, are you really? It's not just you're getting Caleb Williams. It's you're giving up. You know, you, you could have Jaden Daniels, for example, plus multiple high picks for at like tackle, at 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 linebacker, at receiver, and the next year maybe as a, you know another position wherever it is, or you know, or would you rather have Caleb Williams? And they, this is a team that needs to build up its roster, and they know that. Like, Dan Quinn keeps talking about recalibrating, but other people in that organization know it's a rebuild. When you're rebuilding, you don't, you, it's hard to give up that much draft capital for one guy. Um, so I, don't, I would have a hard time seeing that. Nobody has told me no, but I have a hard time seeing that just based on what I know about about how they want to build. John, if we if we remove the quarterback part of this, and I know it's a massive one for Commanders fans, DC sports fans, it's it's the biggest thing because they're two, but if we step away from quarterback, how much have you dove into Adam Peters' experience in his tenure with a team like San Francisco, Dan Quinn's experience from not only Seattle, Dallas, but also as a head coach of Atlanta, how much do you dive into both of their 
their past experience and try to kind of see maybe the way that they will try to build this. You're so right of how valuable all these picks are that it might not be worth trading away because you can build up a lot in this draft. How much of their experience previous do you kind of project to try to get a read on where they might go in this draft? Well, it's that. It's also just talking to people. Mm -hmm. And and that's why I say I know – I mean, I talk to enough people here right now to know what their intentions are. And, again, it is to build through the draft. But you can look at – but here the problem with that, the hard part with Adam Peters, he's never been in charge somewhere to say what is – he's been in organizations that have approached it a certain way. That And so, like, it's through – the 49ers were built largely through the draft and then a couple shrewd trades, you know, getting – Getting Trent Williams from this team was a shrewd move, and he's one of the best tackles. He's going to be a Hall of Fame tackle, you know. So that they built it, they built a strong enough roster to withstand a poor trade for Trey Lance. That's you know. So like, why, how did you do that? Well, it was largely through the draft, and so they had a. You're not going to hit on every class, but if you hit it, you know, you hit a couple of them, you're going to put yourself in a good spot. And so that's why I say I think that's what he'll do, and. I, I don't think like they have a lot of salary cap space available. I do not believe they're going to be these massive players in free agency. And I know Adam Peters has said that, but I think just everything I've heard since he's been hired about him and about up from others in the organization is built. It's always built through the draft and they're going to spend some money, but I don't think it's going to be on these splashy signings like Dan Snyder did when he first owned the team way back when. So, but yeah, no, you look at, you do look at that to see, but you all, you know, you're looking for not only how they do it, but, but you know, what kind of players they look for. The thing with Peters though, to understand he's again, he's never been in charge. So he's, he's operated in, in with the Patriots as a scout, with the Broncos as a scout mm-hmm. of the Niners as an executive. And he's been very good at identifying talent to fit respective schemes. I think that's his strength. But I definitely think they're gonna. They definitely want to build through the draft. Uh, John, we're we're out of time, but I want to ask you, and I, I hate to say this, but like as quickly as you can, does it just feel more stable? I know it's still so fresh oh, with every different. It does. Oh, it's it's night and day. It's not even close. It's a it's basically a different organization, and it's going to take a few few years to fully turn it over to where they want it. But it is a massive, massive difference. Yeah, good to hear, man. John Keim does a great job. Find his podcast on YouTube and does a great job for ESPN, ESPN.com, on Twitter, at John underscore Keim. Now, we're not rooting for Ohio State, but good luck to your Buckeyes and the new B1G. Thanks for carving out a couple minutes for us. I know you're super busy, Indy. We appreciate the time, man, and the insight. Thanks a lot for having me on. Enjoyed it. There we go. Good stuff from John Keim of ESPN. Dot com and I, I was curious about that, like how quickly it can just feel different. Yeah. And and honestly, he's not rooting for him. That's not his job. But like at the bottom dumps of the of the NFL being there for so long, you probably feel it right away. And I just curious if he had, and and of course he has because it's new owner, new GM, new coach, new everything. Well, their offensive coordinator shunned the Las Vegas yeah. Raiders to take the commander's job. Yes, they have the number two overall pick, a quarterback that's something great to start with, better than what they have in Vegas. But it sounds like the culture in Washington yeah. made that move easy for him as well. Uh, something for you to want and uh, an observation on a topic we did a couple days ago. That's next. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. All right, text the word FUNK, F-U-N-K, to 503-864-6326 for your chance to win a pair of tickets to Parliament Funkadelic featuring George Clinton at the Crystal Ballroom on June 14th. Again, text the word 
Funk. F-U-N-K. F-U. F-U. Gotta have that funk. N-K to 503-864-6326. That's the Vancouver Ford text line. Mm. They get you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them at Vancouver Ford. Dot com. Good luck to everybody entering in on that. Um, so court storming was an issue we talked about. Remember, we we said our annual debates about court storming, where it happens once a year, and the networks get bored because basketball is the only thing happening. And so it's like, what yeah. are we going to do? Let's talk about court storming. Well, Filipowski's broken knee. Come on. Well, we got different <laughs> angles of that that looked a little Caitlin Clark-like, and I'm like... I don't know how injured he really is. Well, the is. only thing I would say He's there fine, is the they were coming on the court before the final horn had They sounded. were coming on the court. That 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 can't happen. No, you can't come on the court. That's not where you that's not what you do. You can't do it. Um there's been a lot of ideas. I'm always interested to hear like these random different that's ideas. Sick man. <laughs> what? Nothing. Go on. Move on. Why well, you don't the last thing you want is a hundred people yes. coming all over your court. I mean, we play basketball here. This isn't a place to be coming Especially on. too early. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, Jay Billis's idea to fix this is to just write citations up for like 230 kids. Well, he is a practicing lawyer. No, not citations. They should actually charge these kids. Like, whoever ran into Filipowski, here, don't stop court storming. You want to charge kids for court storming? No, charge them if they run into a player. Like, yo, stay away from the assets, guys. Let If you run into Kyle Filipowski, yeah, you should probably charge with, with assault. How do you... Very, very... Small assault charge, like a misdemeanor, but charged and put through the system nonetheless. Come on. The didn't, problem- you complain, didn't you complain earlier about wasting our tax dollars on flipping a pancake, and now you want to charge college students who are half-hammered? It is never, no, it is never a waste of tax dollars here. You can be a half-hammered yeah, college student. Get that income coming in. Yeah, and you, could be, you can be a college student. He wants to arrest them. No, he you, wants misdemeanor charges. You can be responsibly stupid, and these kids are not being responsibly mm. stupid. They're being stupidly stupid. So yeah, you run into a college <laughs> athlete like that in a situation, charge you, you dumbass. The problem's going to come mm. when the lawsuit goes the other way, where yeah. the student sues the athlete the player, who's got the NIL and the university. And, and he's 6'11", 280 pounds. And yeah. Yeah. Don't Have you s- ever stormed anything yeah. as a fan? Yes. I hopped over Odson's wall to, like, I can't remember what exact game it was, but yeah, we ran onto the field when they still weren't really policing hopping over the wall. Yeah. When I was in high school. And now you're anti-hopping over the wall. I didn't run into Dennis Dixon. I didn't Make his knee sore. So I don't know what the hell people are talking about here. Let's have some fun in sports. And what this will start to happen... Isn't court storming fun? I no, think. no, that's what I'm, I'm I'm saying. Allow it, but just get rid of the dumb idiots that are mm. going to wreck it for everybody. I want to be as close to these sports as possible. And if these dumb, mm. half-hammered college kids idiots are going to start the conversation every yeah. year to ruin it, you no. Gotta, well, one, you got to have more security forces down on the floor. You need to be prepared for when this is gonna happen well okay here's the other part of this you you sound like you're a big fan of minority report that you want like three genius people living in a bathtub predicting crime so you can arrest the idiot who might run into a filipowski pre-crime, yeah, pre-crime not pre-crime it's 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 sorry you're under arrest <laughs> what i do it's, you're gonna run into a basketball player in two hours <laughs> no, no it's no, a, not, i promise it's examining the video man seeing who it was like okay this kid's a scholarship kid or he he goes here we'll find him you and just we'll, you we'll, need we'll to set him. things up you need to put the opposing bench some of this comes to facilities management we need to have the opposing bench Direct have direct access to their locker room. What about a countdown quickest, clock? 
quickest exit. Like a 20-second countdown clock. clock uh, uh, kids aren't, the clocks what? aren't being there. I don't think you said clock. <laughs> Good save, Swag. Go. Coming on the court, that does it to you. <laughs> um, the clock's not going to matter yeah, at that sure. point with the kids. Oh, my God. I don't know what happened here. I don't know what happened, but it's been fun. Schultz, thanks for hopping in today. Hey, thanks for having me in, man. It was awesome. Love you all. Love you. Don't arrest me in my future crimes. Uh, Chris Mannix tomorrow, 7.30. Wrote a piece on Dame Lillard. So we'll talk with him. He checked in with Dame. How Dame's doing Enjoy mentally. Enjoy the last Pac-12 Civil War hoops meeting. That's tonight. right. Last Oregon-Oregon State Pac-12 game, but I'm sure we'll have some non-conference tilts at some point. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for tuning in. we got a lot to get to tomorrow. We'll catch you bright and early. Dirt and Sprague, 6 to 9 a.m. on Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Van. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 